You watching me glow, you watching me go I'm all in my zone, I'm holding my own I'm feeling like Bane, I'm breaking your bones I am a blur, black and a nerd So this is my own, this is my zone And this is a show you already know like My grand blur, YouTube blur Everything I do so blur Bet you wish you so blur Cosplay blur All day blur Everything I do so blur Bet you wish you so blur Bet you wish you so blur Talking about what we heard Talking about what we seen All through the eyes of a blur Everything that we do urge Flying like a super person Plus I got super friends We be teaming up early Welcome to Blur Vision, your window into the world of all things geek, movies, TV, or news. We talk about it every week. It's your boy Jordan with... Hey, it's Michael. And Jamie. And together, we are the Warriors 3 of podcasting. You're so hyped today. Does that mean we're... <laughs> Spoilers? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Start again. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm going to beep out what he said. <laughs> because Michael is a, isn't aware of our non-spoilers talk. <laughs> Just talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, that's fine. People, people should know by now, though. <laughs> if, you're no. listen, if you're listening to Blur Vision, I mean, we're gonna get, we're gonna spoil shit. Now, what we do here at Blur Vision <laughs> is we give our thoughts on something first in our rating system, then we break it open for spoilers. So people get like a little ten minutes of like our general opinions first. That's what we're gonna do today. Though we're gonna talk about Thor Ragnarok, the Ooh. Michael's most anticipated superhero movie of the year. Yes, yes, yes. Let's see if it actually measured up to your expectations, but we're going to talk about that. We've got DC TV for the week, The Flash, Arrow, <laughs> Supergirl. Don't get me started. <laughs> it's, we're living in a bizarre world right now where up is down, left is right, upside down is upside You know what I'm talking about. We're living in the upside down. <laughs> yeah, we are living in the upside down. And speaking of the upside down, we've also got a Stranger Things review to finish off from last week. This week we'll be talking sports. Spoilers to cap off our non-spoiler review from our last episode. And we'll finish off with Nerd News of the Week as per usual. Before we get into all that, we've got iTunes reviews. Let's talk about those. Since last week, we have two new reviews. First one comes from Matt Decaf. The subject is Perfect Vision and is a five-star review. Matt says, most of my friends don't watch DC TV shows or understand Marvel movies as they don't know the comic storylines. But this podcast is something I get behind. Michael News gives me new things to read and look into uh, to make the college train rides more interesting. Jamie's anime corner is just amazing. I've been closed-minded on Dragon Ball Super until, <laughs> until she ripped its perfection Sorry. from my heart, <laughs> allowing me to see the flaws. How do you feel about that? You feel good? Open your eyes! <laughs> that ain't shit! Show you the light! <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's gonna shit on all your dreams. <laughs> don't, don't. Well, Matt says, this may sound sad, but it's allowed me to watch a wide range of new ones that you suggest. Yay. There you go. So we destroyed these illusion of what good anime actually is, like you, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've showed him what good anime actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jordan, don't let them get to you. Your energy is the only thing that keeps me awake on the train in the morning. And I am proud to say this podcast gets perfect vision. Yeah. Yay. All right. I got oh. one. <laughs> Where's my button? Bing. But once again, did he say the B word? What? The brain. The, the brain. Why you doing me or like that? Or the mastermind. <laughs> why you Why you doing me like that? Because I can get you like that. <laughs> I get a little bit of little recognition. You got to take it away from me? That's how it is? Well, because it's... You almost forgot my corner again. So I'm kind of bitter about it. And now I'm not bitter anymore because I put you down. Oh, my God. 
Well, all right. <laughs> now that you're squarely beneath my foot, <laughs> now I feel good. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Next review comes from Jedi Goten four five six. Sounds familiar. Jedi Goten. Jedi Goten. Yeah. No, I don't. Know. No. I've never heard the name. Yeah, I've never heard that name. I think he's a new reviewer. Okay. Uh, the subject is blurred vision and is a five star review. Hey guys, my name is Matthew. I'm 14. We'll be 15 on the 15th. And I've been watching for a while now. And your guys' chemistry together is amazing. It's Thank fun you. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's fun hearing the different debates and conversations you have. And I usually learn about stuff I don't watch. But anyway, stay awesome, guys. Oh, thanks, Jedi Aww. Goten. Yeah, thank that was you. nice. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, if you like our debates, uh, I feel like we're gonna have a couple of debates this, this episode. I'm not. I'm not gonna be part of it. You guys can go ahead and debate. I'm know? like, are we? <laughs> I don't know. Are we? Because if we are anything like the internet, there seems to be a vocal minority that doesn't like Thor Ragnarok based purely on the fact that it is a comedy. Don't get there yet. No, no, no. I'm not gonna get into that yet. But okay. I just want to put that out there that there is some dissonance among the fans as to if this movie is as good as it's being critically claimed to, claimed to be. And I actually want to go to that right now. The critical reviews for Thor Ragnarok as of right now is sitting at 93% Rotten Tomatoes, and that puts it uh, tied with the highest rated superhero movie of the year so far, Jeez. which is Logan. Right behind that is Wonder Woman at 92%, and behind that are Spider-Man: Homecoming and Lego Batman tied for 91%. So it may drop a little bit lower since it just came out yesterday, since it's Saturday now. And it's funny because, like, even though during that list you didn't even mention Guardian, I feel like people forgot Guardian, <laughs> even though it made money. <laughs> even though it made money, I think people just forgot about it. Oh, actually, let me look that up. Let me see what Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, Volume like, Two got on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't. I don't know. Thor was better than like Guardians. Oh, Thor was definitely better than Guardians. I mean, I, I'll say it right now. I definitely agree with that. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, though it's also a comedy, I would say, personally, mm-hmm. I felt like a lot of the jokes in that movie were forced. And at the time, I even, I think we even talked about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It seems to be comedy for the sake of comedy. Almost like they were, instead of like making a movie based around the characters and the story and like having jokes naturally come from that, mm-hmm. it seems like they were just like, this is the idea for a funny joke. Let's build a scene around that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like... Oh, we need to top the first one. You know, the first one was the you know really the first real Marvel comedy. True, space True. opera. So we need to top that. So Rotten Tomatoes says that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two right now is sitting at. Was it like eighty nine percent? Oh, eighty. Wow, it actually is uh, an eighty two percent, which I think is actually pretty fair. Yeah, like eighty two percent. That's like a a low more than passable, more than passable. All right, but let's get into. The last Marvel movie of 2017, Thor Ragnarok. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what you've come for. It's main event time. Oh, I've missed this. I'm putting together a team. This team of yours has it got a name? Yeah, it's called the Revengers. Revengers? I mean, we don't have to have a name. We could have no name. Hammer! Dropping the hammer! I was dropping the trailer. Oh. <laughs> trailer. My dad's the hammer, so he's dropping the hammer. All right, guys, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Thor Ragnarok. Chris Hemsworth, we got uh, Tom Hiddleston, we got 
You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> I, was like, I don't know what that is. Really? <laughs> that is how he talks and everything he's in. <laughs> Even when I was younger. Yeah. yeah. Jurassic Park? Yeah. <laughs> All that laugh in Jurassic Park? Yes. Yeah. That's just how he sounds. He sounds like smarmy and everything he's in. But in this movie, I think he was, he was and done well. Elba. And Idris Elba. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> 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 so I was like, which I think was a news bit at one point, Kate right? Kate Blanchett. No, actually, I think they wanted to... That was supposed to be a surprise cameo. I like, Oh, I knew about it. Oh, really? I didn't know, I didn't know about article. it. Oh, yeah, I, I knew about it. I didn't know. But I didn't know. Like, they said it was going to be in a funny scene in the beginning of Thor Ragnarok. So, no, seeing him in it, it was Because even reviewers didn't talk about it. It was like, oh, it's a surprise cameo in the movie that we can't talk about. Yeah, they didn't say exactly what he was going to be doing. But they said he was going to be in it. Oh, see, that I didn't. they didn't even say that. They would just say a, a surprise cameo. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, see, I spoke I myself. Be, <laughs> I didn't know he was going to be that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know he was going to be in it. All right, man, let's, let's, let's talk about this. And let's, I didn't notice it. I was like, why does he look... Is that Matt Damon? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's get into it. Let's, let's give our overall thoughts. And for those that don't know the Blur Vision rating system, I'll drop it right here. We here at Blurred Vision have a very simple rating system. It goes from poor vision to perfect vision. In the middle, there's passable, and then you have less than passable and more than passable. Let's go around table. Let's get our general thoughts first, non-spoilers as we do, and then afterwards we'll break it open with full spoilers and go from there. So let's start with you, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> How did you feel about Thor Ragnarok? Um, Jordan, you started this podcast well this section by you know saying how the minority of the population had complaints about this movie being comedy now uh, i won't lie i was also kind of skeptical about this being comic like being a comedy too mm-hmm. so like going in i was thinking you know, like i want to see how this is going to unfold but at the same time because i vaguely know the comic book like plot lines like i don't know how they're gonna make and also like a little ah don't cut it no no I was, gonna, I was gonna add to that like making the an end of the world scenario exactly. into a comedy on paper is like, it's like i don't I know could go really gonna, wrong yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. so like i don't know how they're gonna do it but i got in literally the moment movie started it was funny and the thing is the way everything unfolded connected and reconnected mm. They did really good. Like, not only did they um, somehow, they did lighten the content, but still had a good messages about, you know, the personal growth, mm-hmm. um, the plot line, you know, moving forward as we're moving toward the, the beginning of the Infinity War, mm-hmm. um, bonding getting over trauma, like, all that, like, all the lessons that any movie or, like, any kind of media is supposed to have, they had it all. And the jokes were hilarious. Like, they were just constant, and they never felt forced. If anything, they felt very, um, like, improv. And I guess I have to give it perfect vision. It was fun. Perfect vision. Yeah, it was fun, but still, they never lost any opportunity that they could make for like any kind of emotional scenes mm-hmm. any touching moment or any kind of like anguished moment like they didn't lose them mm. so I want to add to that and just say that the improv moments I think <laughs> were not only were they hilarious but I really like the fact that a lot of the moments in the trailers 
were slightly different. In slightly the or film. majorly. Yeah, mean? or a completely different joke. Because it, it seemed like, well, those were things that were changed for the trailers mm-hmm. to kind of throw people off the scent of certain things. But I think like just the fact that they had so many good improv lines that they could mm. use some in the trailers to not spoil the ones used in the actual film are you talking about the made name? those jokes hilarious. Huh? Are, you, are you talking about the joke about the name? Like, we, we, don't, we don't need to... Oh, the, yeah, the yeah. Reven- I'll say that. Like, they have the Revengers line in trailers mm-hmm. where Thor immediately follows up with, like, oh, we don't have to have a name when Tessa Thompson says the Revengers. Yeah. <laughs> that joke is different in the final film, which is funnier. even funnier Way in the final funnier. film. Yeah. And it also keeps the thing where you're set up to be expecting the joke that you heard in the trailers, but it's even funnier when it kind of like goes against what your expectation was. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Michael, I, know, I, I want I want to go last. I want you to go next. Oh, you want what, what? 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 <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. I want to hear what you guys think because, like I said, my granted it's still a perfect vision, but my opinion changed. Well, you just gave up what you're rating. Oh, my, <laughs> I did. <laughs> you're terrible. This this podcast is terrible for you. You can't not spoil can't, your own I, I'm like John Snap on Collider. <laughs> he just spoils everything. <laughs> you still want me to go first? You know, yeah, you just gave yeah, your rating. Yeah. So, okay. Still, <laughs> All right. All right, so right off the bat, I want to say that since we all saw the movie together, even the trailers leading up to the movie. It was hype. I was already hyped. Like, I, I was in there with my arms crossed, like, this movie better be good because this is Thor. The, the, the yeah. first two Thor movies weren't that great, and this is going to be a comedy. And after the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 fiasco, where I felt like a lot of the jokes were forced, I was going to this going, like, okay, Marvel, Infinity War is around the corner. You better do something to blow me away, and I'm hoping we're going to more of a serious tone, at least toward the end, to segue into the more serious movies like Black Panther and Infinity War moving forward. But the first things I saw, they got me with Pacific Rim. <laughs> Whoa, ready? Whoa, ready? I'm like, oh, oh, I'm hyped. <laughs> then they go into Last Jedi. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. And then they finish you off. Yeah, finish me off <laughs> with Black Panther. Cause we own now. Something now. Cause we own now. I was, oh I was ready. I was already, I was primed for this movie. The only complaint that I had was the fact that the theater, yeah, the, the volume somehow, like they thought it was a good idea to like volume, like turn down. The volume, volume was low. There was yeah. like no bass. Oh, what the fuck are you doing? To be fair, I did get used to it though after like the first ten minutes in the movie. Yeah, after a while I got used to it, but it, you know, when it first happened, it was very I was jarring. So mad. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, because like, usually when you're in theaters and you hit like the, you didn't feel it. Yeah. That's facts. <laughs> but it didn't take away from the movie at all as we no, were watching it. And I think a lot of that is a testament to how engaging the movie was. And right off the bat, I'm going to say that the movie was a roller coaster ride of fun. You didn't notice the volume because the pacing of this movie was breakneck fast. You're right. And not in a bad way. But it was a really good way. In a way that I think a comedy should be mm-hmm. where it just moves. It doesn't get bogged down in any one plot point. It moves to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And in doing so, it creates a really enjoyable experience. So by the end of it, you're like, man, I liked almost every single yeah. like plot point in that movie. Um, I mean, it's, it was fast paced. It was genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, another thing, like the improv can go terribly wrong. I've seen Chris Hemsworth <laughs> in, I don't know if you guys seen it, but the female Ghostbusters. No. Okay, you're both lucky. <laughs> <laughs> like he, his comedic timing is just great overall. And that's why I think... <laughs> The, a lot of the strengths of Thor Ragnarok come from them leaning into the strengths of their main actor, Chris Hemsworth. So, like, he's he's got funny moments in Ghostbusters, but the writing of that is crap. So, I think the funniest moments is when he just improvs. So, they did that. Like, it could come off as, but it could come, come off as, like, hokey or force, but how they do it in this movie, it comes off very, very organic, I think. And kind of endearing, too. Like, not because the oh, thing so is... Oh, so endearing. 
and not just for Thor, but like Hulk, for Valkyrie, all oh, the characters that are introduced. Loki. Yeah, Loki too. Yeah, lo- especially Loki. Ah. Yeah. I mean, you've seen the moments in the trailers that are just like, oh, Loki. Yeah. Oh, he has the big eyes when you see yeah. the Hulk for the first time. Like, <gasps> <laughs> I have to get off this planet. <laughs> Yo, it was played to a hilarious pitch in the freaking uh, the actual movie. But, I mean, so the improv dialogue was great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's witty writing. Uh, people will get, like, a lot of the issues people have is like, it's not comic accurate because Ragnarok was actually a dark thing in the comics. Yeah, it's not totally like Thor Ragnarok is in the <laughs> comics. But visually, if you look back at the Jack Kirby artwork, mm-hmm. like a lot of the colors and how like uh, how the, the the world in space or mm-hmm. even not, not so much Asgard, but like the colors of Sakaar. Yeah. That's not it's not um, it's not accurate to Sakaar in like Planet Hulk, mm-hmm. but it is what? accurate to the Jack Kirby drawings mm-hmm. of uh, Ragnarok back in the 80s or whatever it is. And again, it's it's 80s. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that also justifies the not only the tonal shift, but the music choices that are used. Because like a lot of people are like, oh, so it's just 80s throwbacks, kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes and no. Guardians of the Galaxy is very pop 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, I well, think. It's like heavy metal. Not even heavy no, metal. No, it's like a synth. Synthesized. Yes. It's very oh, yeah. 80s synth. And like the, the heavy metal was used for like the Thor moments in the beginning and the end of the movie. Yeah, the Thor moments. Yeah. Like the big, like, oh, Thor's uh-huh. kicking ass moments. And that's the music, the, the song that was used in the trailer. Oh! Yeah, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. But the all the music that takes place in Sakaar, that's all, like, very subtly done with 80s synthesized music. Mm-hmm. And I think it fits that, like, that world. And I think also does a great job of bridging the world of Thor in space to the world of Guardians of the Galaxy in space. Because this is all the same universe. <laughs> so right now, MCU is literally pushing the theme of 80s toward any, like, outer space. Yes. Yeah, pretty genre. much. Yeah. So it's like a it's like an interesting, like, techno-punk, like, retro feel. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that. Um, what else do I like? I mean, and it, though it's a comedy, I have to say that there is dramatic beats oh, yes. that are genuine within the movie. Like, it's not just a thing where it's comedy for the sake of comedy. When there's serious moments, it they're done well. Yeah. And despite being undercut with, like, jokes before or after, mm-hmm. it doesn't take away from those moments. There are movies in the MCU, I think, do that Guardians? to ill effect. Guardians is one, but I'm thinking more so, like, Ant-Man. Ant-Man? There are moments, like, I, specifically the moment where... Um, uh, Hank Pym and his daughter have that beautiful father-daughter bonding oh. moment talking about his lost wife mm-hmm. and like why he's so hard on her, blah, 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 blah. And it's immediately undercut with, you know, Scott Lang going, oh, it's the moment I ruined this. Yeah. <laughs> like, that literally killed uh-huh. that dramatic moment. Thor Ragnarok is a thing where, I think this is also in one of the TV spots where Loki and Thor are in the elevator and Thor kind of talks to him yeah. about, like, you know, I've realized that our paths have diverged and like I always thought the world of you Loki but yeah. now I'm realizing that like you're gonna be your own person and you there might be good in you but I can't force that on you anymore mm-hmm. and it shows not only character development and uh, maturing for Thor's character over the course of all the MCU, yes. MCU movies he's been in but also but then also it plays on their relationship as brother and like as brothers mm-hmm. more and then it's immediately followed up with a joke where it's like I'm not gonna play get help yeah <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a TV spot but that following joke mm-hmm. was hilarious, but I think more so it just further strengthens the idea of them the being brotherly brothers. brotherly bond, exactly. yeah. So it's done well. Um, and again, the the characters were all great. All the new additions. Oh my God, <clears throat> Valkyrie was amazing. Even and the- not even what I expected, <laughs> yeah. but still great. 
Yeah, yeah that, I love Tessa Thompson. Exactly. Yeah, they, I can't wait to see more of her. And if she's a replacement, to and Sif, like her I'm accent, okay her accent yeah. felt authentic. Like, cause that's not her actual. Yeah, no, they're all faking a British accent. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I don't know about this space means British. Yeah. Right. Chris Hemsworth's Australian, but still. that's always been a yeah. thing. <laughs> but yeah, all the characters that want Odin, Loki, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, mm. the Grandmaster, which I was also kind of worried about Jeff Goldblum, but he's great. Strange. Doctor Strange is was better awesome. in this movie. Yeah, than he, he was in his, his own movie. Own movie. <laughs> yes. Also, not a spoiler because we've seen that in the post credits scene yeah. for yeah. Doctor Strange. Um. But I will say some negatives. There are some cons. Mm-hmm. I'm not a mess is gush about this movie. But we'll get to that for spoilers. Well, this is my overall, oh. this is my, just my general thoughts for people who don't want to listen to the spoilers. There's a difference between us and him because he takes notes and we don't. <laughs> well, I don't always take notes, but this time I did. Because <laughs> I think this is, a, this is a great movie. Mm-hmm. I think it deserves it. Um, I had to get out, like, right before seeing this movie, I was already getting upset with Justice League and some oh. of the TV spots that they've released where they've shown a full scene with Sippin' Wolf. Oh, <laughs> my complaint was, oh, that's a lot of CGI, bro. Yeah. Then I turn on Thor Ragnarok. I'm like, this is all CGI. <laughs> but I think, I guess I'm getting into this a little more when we talk about it. But I think the reason why I forgive it more than with Thor Ragnarok is because it doesn't take itself as seriously. So like the big 3D spectacles aren't the only thing that the movie has going for it. It's not just an action drama. It's these action scenes are to either further the story or to inform how, like, what these characters are, like, inform the strengths or weakness of these characters. So, for example, there's a big fight in the beginning that has a CGI fist with Thor. Mm. And he uses his hammer a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a big CGI, like, you know, CGI fest, but the, the point of the scene is he's very attached to his hammer. So, I, even though it's like, okay, this is a big freaking CG spectacle, but at the end of it, the whole point of that scene is really just to, to sh- kind of show the audience the connection that Thor has with the hammer and how important it is to him. So stuff like that I can forgive. Meanwhile, if it's Steppenwolf fights uh, Wonder Woman in a Justice League movie, it's just for the sake of the fight, I'm going to guess. <laughs> I'm only saying that based on the other DC movies we've seen. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ares fighting Wonder Woman is about love, I guess? No, it's a fight. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we all said, like, the third act is when we kind of... Yeah. And then my last complaint... kind of lowered our rating for Wonder Woman. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but my last complaint is just there's some significant... Talk ill of the Ragnarok if you want to for its tone choice of being a comedy, but there is a lot of violence in this movie, oh. and there's some significant deaths that go unaddressed, <laughs> completely unaddressed, <laughs> and they're very important for the universe. So it's like, okay, I feel like there's a deleted scene or something that's missing here, but those are really just small nitpicks. Mm-hmm. At the end of this movie, I had a blast. I have not, I don't think I've belly laughed so hard in the movie this entire year like and that's saying something really? yeah really like maybe Lego Batman was close but no there are moments in Thor Ragnarok where I was like I kind of felt bad for the guy sitting to our left because I was just like ha ha <laughs> <laughs> oh no he I came so I became so black <laughs> like oh no he did it <laughs> but yeah man perfect vision I, I can't oversee that enough fun movie alright Michael take it away alright since I already blew my load before <laughs> giving any foreplay <laughs> Yeah. Put it in already? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Premature rating lation. <laughs> <laughs> rating lation. Well, yeah, I already said I gave it a perfect vision. And yeah, uh, this is my most anticipated comic book movie of the year. I'm not counting Star Wars, even though technically it's a comic book movie. Okay. But 
Star Wars is like my number one, but in terms of like Marvel, DC, all that stuff, it's definitely Thor, Ragnarok. From like the premise, as soon as they said it was going to be a Thor, Hulk, buddy movie, I was in. <laughs> Mr. Prediction Head. <laughs> <laughs> and so going into this movie, you know, I was hyped, you know, going to what you said, like, you know, they started with all the best trailers, even though I kind of just because you guys are talking about, oh, they started with the best trailers. I looked over to you. I was like, yeah, but I'm kind of disappointed because of the volume. Like, I didn't feel the... <laughs> like it just it, it felt like I was watching this shit on YouTube it turns it was about TV volume <laughs> yeah so I was like what the hell man I want to feel the pulse the problem is in my head like I just hear already <laughs> the, the soundtrack is in my own head so I don't need it <laughs> so I mean that, that that tampered my tampered my excitement just a little bit not okay. in terms of just the movie but just the excitement level okay. that I had like oh I'm finally ready to see Thor but uh, of course the movie started and I will say, actually, going back, when I found out, because like when I listened to all the reviews and stuff like that, when they just talking about how Thor was just a straight comedy and you know they were laughing from beginning to end, that kind of made me go, because I thought about Guardians, because they said the same thing about Guardians. Oh, it's a straight comedy. I was laughing. But then when I saw it, I was like, I didn't feel that way. Like I felt like the jokes were forced. Yeah. Is this going to be another one of those? Because... Yeah, truth of the matter is, technically speaking, ever since the first Guardians movie, it seems like every Marvel movie after that is trying to chase that. Yeah, trying as, to strike lightning twice with the Yeah, some are successful and some aren't. Yeah. So, like like Guardians 2. Or, like, Ant-Man tried it. and I mean, Ant-Man was successful. I mean, Spider-Man, they tried to do it, like, be a comedy in terms of, like... Uh, What's that movie? Ferris Ferris Bueller's Day Off. They tried to go that route and they were successful in that. Mm. But I think Guardians was like the first one where they tried it and it didn't really work. So I was like, oh, I don't know what they, I don't know what I'm you know going to expect for this because I wasn't really expecting it to be a comic. Granted, they said it's going to be a buddy role, but not like a straight up because the way they described it, it sounded like because you know you think about those uh like the Thor like the Daryl Road Trip spoof movie spoof yes. thing. It seemed like yeah they took that and they wanted to go you know. Yeah, which in hindsight messes me up because like at first those were like supposed to be parodies of yeah. Thor, they but were, now it's just like they were Chris, that's Thor. <laughs> yeah, they were Chris Hemsworth pretending to be Thor. Yeah, and and they're basically like now in hindsight it's like no, that was just Thor. <laughs> and actually, interestingly enough, those are directed by Taika Waititi. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it's now that's just canon. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> it's not much. Not even a joke. <laughs> pretty much. So I was just like, what am I getting? Yeah, what am I getting into this movie? But. Once the movie started, I was in. Yeah. Because mostly on the strength of Chris, Chris I, was, I said Crips. What? <laughs> rice oh, <laughs> what's up, blood? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was thinking rice cookie Crips. Crips. Oh, no. I don't know. That's crisps. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like Rick night right, right now. Yeah. Rick and Marty. Granite. <laughs> no, Crip is like Crip and blood, man. Yeah, I know. And you're wearing blue, too, so I, yeah, don't I start wearing, it. I'm wearing a Valzad blue. <laughs> but anyway. You lost me. What? You ain't black. No, yeah, the, the Bloods and the Crips gang. They're gangs. <laughs> yeah, they're gangs. Oh. Yeah. I think I've heard a bit of it. And you were wearing red, so y'all need to have a fight right now. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, mostly based on the strength of Chris Hemsworth's comedic timing. He's like, yeah. oh, I know what you're thinking. You know, Thor is a, uh, in the thing, in the cage. What happened? Yeah. Like, so that's what that's what drew me in automatically. And yeah, like overall, like, I think in terms of like the visuals, like the movie looked beautiful. Like, mm. this, I, I didn't have uh, a problem with like the CGI. 
because I'm thinking about the world that you're in. Like, how else would you do it? No, but, yeah, you're completely right. It's not even like they don't. I think for me it was just the hip, like I felt hypocritical. <laughs> I was literally just like, yeah, man, that's the one fight is all CG, man. That don't look good. And the first fight in Thor is like, that is literally all CG. <laughs> but there's also another moment later on with Hela that Kate Blanchett, Kate Blanchett was Trinity, right? Am I crazy? Huh? Who's Kate Blanchett? She, Kate Blanchett was Hela. No, but was she also Trinity? No, 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 no. That's uh, oh. Carrie Ann Moss. Okay, well, Kate, like that scene with Hela later on where she has when she fights Asgard. Mm. That looked like Matrix Reloaded. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like it's all the Smiths. Like, yeah, we'll get into it. But yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the, yeah, the Matrix, the Matrix started that whole the look of that. Yeah, but I mean, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't have a problem. I don't think it looked bad. It was it was a little obvious, but it's nit, I'm just nitpicking. Like at the end of the day, I thought it was still a cool scene. So it's just I was just like, oh. Really? I feel like they yeah they kind of they try they kind of tried to do the whole bullet time thing with with that. But I think the because of the whole like. Not necessarily psychedelic, but the way, just the look of the little 80s retro, because it almost looked like a rainbow, this movie, yeah. more or less, especially when you got the Sakaar. So I think that kind of made it work a little bit. Yeah, especially it's a cartoon. W- yeah, especially with Thor, you know, the rainbow bridge and all that stuff, so. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I think the movie looked beautiful. I, like, the score was pretty good. Like, usually, one of the problems with, like, the Marvel score, you, like, you don't really necessarily recognize it. But, even like, w- once I got into the car after the movie's over, I, like, started playing the Thor soundtrack. Oh, really? And I'm like... Ah! Not even, not even just, not even just that, but just like the, dun, 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 like when I was like, what is this? I was like, what is this? The Flash? <laughs> when, when you got to the battle arena, it sounded yeah. like they were playing the Flash music. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and, but yeah, so I, I enjoyed the soundtrack, the the score. Uh, what else? I, I should have took notes. <laughs> <laughs> the characters. But yeah, uh, what what was I saying? Like when I walked out of the movie, I gave it a, I definitely gave it a perfect vision because I had. A so, great time. Are you not gonna give it? Perfect no, 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 no. I still, I still gave it a perfect vision, but I gave it a perfect vision for a different because I just had an overall great time and I had real no complaints with the movie. So I was just like perfect vision. But then having two days to think about it, mm. I still give it a perfect vision, but I give it a perfect vision for different reasons. Okay. Because I feel like, yeah, overall I still had fun with the movie, but this movie really I think was like the winter soldier of the Thor movies in mm. the Explain. aspect in the aspect that a it took Thor to a different level it took Thor to a different level whereas before winter soldier everybody was all about Iron Man oh I see what you're saying and then once winter soldier happened that's when Captain America kind of I think overtook Tony Stark in terms of like the pantheon of the Avengers yeah fan favorites yeah and on top of that Winter Soldier more or less changed the Marvel landscape Mm. I think this movie kind of did that in terms of cosmic the cosmic world changed the cosmic landscape because of what happens Hmm. by the end by the end and also in terms of pushing Thor up into the you know now I think more people probably want another Thor movie because of this movie. Nobody was feeling no, yeah, Thor. Nobody after the Dark feel, yeah, nobody yeah. He like, was nobody. Yeah. Like Thor one was okay. Yeah, Thor was great as part of the Avengers, but in terms of like granted, I like I liked the first Thor. I thought it was okay. I didn't like it as much. Was like, mm. like it was it was it did its job. It set up yeah, Thor. Yeah. Yeah. And but it I mean I like but, but I mean I but it's pretty interesting. Like I liked it. Yeah. But once Dark World came, I was just like, yeah. Mm. 
What was the villain's name? Exactly. Mal- yeah. <laughs> I was, no, it was Malekith, but it was just like, ah, blah. Foster? That's a travesty because he's a, he's a doctor. Like Doctor Who. Yeah, Doctor, Doctor Who, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Eccleston? Chris, Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, it was a waste of a freaking good actor. Mm-hmm. That whole movie. Except for like that one beat the whole of Loki movie, and Thor. The whole movie was a waste. <laughs> yeah, it was. That, that was one of the movies where like you could see the Marvel formula. Like, and it's, that's, I think that's when you can see it most is when a movie doesn't keep you engaged. Because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you're just you're paying by numbers to get to like the end point except other movies later down the line. But this in itself, you'd have to tell the story. Thor, Dark World, if you didn't know Thor Dark World, it does nothing to build the universe of the MCU at all. Yeah. And then also with that, like going to one of your nitpicks, which I, I mean, I kind of agree, but at the same time, eh. What? In terms of like, if you really think about it, because people all like the first thing they go about talk about in terms of like the negatives that people, the uh, vocal minority that complain about it, hmm. this being a straight up comedy. If you really think about this movie, there's a lot of dark stuff that happened. It's not just, yeah, it's not, it's not just a com- And yeah, they play it for comedic effect. But at the same time, there are a lot of movies like that. There's a whole genre called black comedies mm. where there's a lot like you could be alcoholism or death. Like there's a lot of dark shit that happens. Yeah. But they play it for comedic effect. Yeah. It's the Tony chose. Yeah. Granted, I'm not saying this is a black comedy, but in some ways it is. But yeah, I was going to say. Moments yeah. In some like moments it. it is. Yeah. Because, yeah, like. I'll say yeah. this. This movie is stabby. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stabs happening oh. in this movie, like <laughs> impaling, lots of impalements. And so that's, he, like, that's Hell's like main weapon. She throws like a yeah. thousand knives. The like mash is like yeah. Sh- now there's like almost no blood, but a lot of stabbing. <laughs> yeah, she's almost like a bullseye with the, throwing the projectiles. Yeah, bullseye like on crack. Like that's just crazy. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, you could you could make your, your like nitpicks of like I wish they took a more dramatic moment with that, but it's like if you think about like a black comedy they don't really they don't do that like they mm. take they play it for comedic effect and that's essentially what this movie more or less did yeah. and uh and it's, and it's funny enough i'm glad i actually uh had two days uh process because i went back i watched uh this morning i stayed up all night because i went back and watched uh, taika watiti's uh movie what we've done in the shadows which was actually the movie that got him this job. Oh, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, yeah, and you see a lot of like the same type of humor where you, they take serious because it's about v- vampire roommates. Vampire roommates. Yeah, or uh, <laughs> as they call it, flatmates. Because you know, it's New oh, Zealand. It takes British. place in New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand, not British. <laughs> oh, Australian. Wait, so is he Australian? Where is he? Where's He's New Zealand. Oh, wait, where is that? It's right New next Zealand? to yeah. It's right next to us. It's not so Australia. No, it's no, no Australia's New Zealand. South, yeah, south. It's, I don't know geography. It's a separate. <laughs> it's, it's a separate it's island. European. It's a separate European island country. there. Uh, like Australia's right here, and New Zealand's like right here. Okay, but they're not. The, identify... But they're not the same. Is New Zealand down there, or is it near? It's near Australia. She's about, just, to, she's about to double check me. No, I, I just want to know. I was just trying to figure out where his accent comes from because if those people don't know, Taka Watiti voiced Korg. He vo- yeah, he voiced Korg, and he's got a very like a very meek accent that sounds a lot like Eggsy. But yeah, well, well, his, his his accent for Korg, he actually played it up a little bit. He like he because I saw an interview with him, like he did a, like a royal New Zealand accent. Oh, okay. and the reason he came up with that because he was like he was inspired by like. Uh, 
Was it a bouncers? Like, yeah, like they're like he'll see bouncers that these big bouncers that look like they'll fuck you up mm. at the, like the club, but then they talk like Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually also one of my negatives, and more so a nitpick than a true negative. But just like there are a couple characters that they completely change from the comics. And if not, if you're a fan of those characters, I don't know who is, but if you're a fan of like Quark and also Scourge, I feel like you'd be kind of disappointed in how they treated them. I don't know who would be a fan of them, Jamie, but I know there are probably some fans out there like, he completely ruined Korg. But I like the changes because I also heard that he said um, he made the change to also um, divert expectations of like what you think a giant rock monster would sound like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also, you know, it, it's, uh, what what's it called? It's representation. Like not every big dude mm-hmm. has to be like, a ah! big strong. You know what I mean? Paul yeah, I agree. Already. So like, you know, we ha- we can have like gentle, gentle hearted, soft sounding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like you said, you already got, you already got Hulk. You don't need mm-hmm. the same character twice. Yeah. Pretty much. And no one cares about things. So. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag fans for stick sucks. <laughs> I'm in the same but yeah so uh i love tessa thompson Mm, yeah like let me ask you did you expect her to be the way she is in this movie no i didn't i think we all went in thinking she's gonna be just queen badass from the jump right yeah okay no even her introduction is like yeah she's she's got a lot of problems she's working through (laughs) (laughs) but they explained that and it makes sense for the world it makes perfect sense like at the same time i feel like that route that they could have taken for the diversity, they got rid of the scene, right? Oh, was that was also yeah. one of my negatives. That's my negative. She was claimed to be a bisexual character, but, but that scene was how? removed in the movie. Yeah. I, I, I was going to bring that up during news, but since it's brought up now, yeah. I, I, I didn't necessarily like that. But, and, but and, and even worse, because like I feel like we all kind of could see where that scene might have been cut out. Yeah. And right. I feel like it was very, like, it was alluded to in a, in a flashback scene with her. But they don't just they don't come out and say it, mm-hmm. and it's like I feel like saying it would also inform her motivations yeah, a little better. And too. funny enough, as I was pulling up the news, I went on Facebook and somebody commented on my page because I posted the article that Tessa Thompson's bisexuality was a rate was a, uh, there was an actual scene, but it was erased from the movie. And somebody commented, "Well, I wouldn't have added anything to the character or the movie, so let's move what do on." You mean? That is so wrong. I'm like, actually, <laughs> like, this is a, a great case for how it would have actually added to the character. Yeah, for the sake of representation, like to see it on screen, it would have added something to the movie because we've never seen it before. Oh, I even, you're right. And but for the character. That. I just meant like talking about why she's so and yeah, and why, she's so, why she's so hurt. Adding that element of, yeah, she had a girlfriend and she might have died. Like that actually. It's more would, than a girlfriend. It had to be. Like, well, girlfriend, lover, whatever. It, it would inform why she's so broken at the beginning of this movie. More so than like, she says something like, to the effect of, I lost everything. But they don't go into what everything means. What if, you know what I mean? We can, when, we can guess yeah. what it means, but. When everything is an individual, like your life partner, mm-hmm. like. But I mean, I, I feel like, we're, I feel like we're like, dipping our toe into spoiler territory. Yeah, we are a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. But yeah, so, I mean, overall, I, like, I love the Hulk. Like, Yes. They, they finally yeah. gave, they finally gave me like the Hulk from the comics. Even though I will say on a negative aspect, considering this was the first time we've seen Hulk speaking like full sentences and stuff like yeah. that, and nobody said any like, wait, when did you start talking? <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing I kind of thought. I was like, wait, nobody. Really only be with Thor. With no, gonna nobody's going to mention anything. Yeah. I mean, maybe because you know, I think I, Thor had bigger problems. Yeah. <laughs> wait, like, wait, I, I don't wait, care wait. how you can talk. Just let's figure this out. It's got here. <laughs> 
Yeah. I Based mean, on your overall thoughts. I mean, you already kind of said perfect vision. So. Yeah, yeah, I gave perfect vision. Okay. So we're all, we're all three of us. We're all in perfect vision camp. So we are kind of lying with the uh, the critics on this rather than the vocal minority of fans. Because I don't even think it's a majority of fans. It's just a it's small a- vocal minority who feel so adamantly. But at the same time, <laughs> they were, I'm sorry, like, those minorities always had been like that. No matter what kind of movie that Marvel produced, they always had something to say. Too many jokes. Why is it so funny? Yeah. And it's like, you know, I think it does a lot. Like, taking the, like, Thor especially, they've tried to be serious twice. And they failed miserably. One was a moderate success. The other one was definitely a failure. So to take it into another direction, I think that's really like kind of like poking fun at yourself. Yeah. Like, okay, we hear your complaints. So let's like let's make some of the jokes that we know you've all made about Thor. And let's embrace it. And beyond that, embracing what their main actor is good at. Yeah, I was gonna, mm-hmm. that's what I was just about to say. Use your actor's strengths. Yeah. And it's all it's not like it's a complete 180. <laughs> just like <laughs> <laughs> They they've sprinkled in throughout all these movies mm. that Thor, he's funny. Like he has some comedic moments in all the movies. Movies just in this one, they just oh yeah, like the uh, the party scene on the Age of Ultron. Yeah, I mean everything. Yeah. The first Avengers, like you're all so petty and tiny. And, yeah, <laughs> and tiny. Yeah, yeah. So they just went all the way with it. He's always been like the dude bro of the Avengers. Mm. So why not? <laughs> why not just go all the way with it? But yeah, let's let's talk about some spoilers. Let's get into it. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, let's kind of walk through some of the major like points of the movie and we'll just kind of talk about how he felt about them mm. like throughout so the movie opens right away with the trailer <laughs> with the trailer scene of thor in the cage you might wonder why i'm here yeah and it turns out he's talking to a skeleton in the cage yeah. <laughs> how did you get here yeah but it's it's cool because in yeah it opens with a joke but it's also establishing where thor's been since the age of ultron mm. apparently he's been looking for the gems I didn't even say spoiler. Spoiler alert! Oh yes, you did. God, yes, you did. We did. We yeah, did. We I, said didn't, that. I didn't go. Oh, spoilers! <laughs> Make sure. Look at the pro, uh, look at the uh, iTunes description for where you want to skip ahead to the next section yeah, if you want to get spoiled. But uh, they talk about where where Thor's been. So he's been looking for the gym for the past two years, and by the end of his ventures, he's been captured by Surtur, hmm. who apparently is the one that will bring destruction to Ragnarok, which is he kind of saw in his dream in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. So, like I said. When it opens and it starts off with that really big CGI fest, like, did you guys enjoy that action scene? Because I, I'll be honest, I was taken aback because, like I said, I was already in my mind going, I just made fun of Justice League for being too CGI. No, you know what? I didn't mind it because not only I actually, by seeing that moment, I remembered how powerful Thor is when it comes to using his hammer. Mm. And I feel like compared to, like, two previous movies, he was way more... um flexible when it comes to how to use a hammer yeah he, a lot of times like when he's in the battle especially in the, like in the avengers like in the group mm-hmm. sometimes we forget how powerful he is but he's fighting alone that was one moment that i that made me think he's actually a god of thunder yeah captain america in that situation would be dead yeah <laughs> yeah i i agree i didn't i didn't have a problem with it uh and funny you mentioned that because i was going to say the same thing like i think and part of the weakness of especially thor too and just uh, granted, more not not so much the first Thor movie, but a little bit too. Like we sometimes forget, like Thor is a god. Yeah. And He's like, even in the comics, when 
he's not with the Avengers. All his comic book adventures take place outside in space, you know, in the other realms and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. you never really get to see Thor cut loose yeah. in the in the other movies because it usually always takes place on Earth. Mm-hmm. And you finally, for the most part, have a Thor movie. You don't even see Earth at all in this movie. Yeah. And so you finally get to That's see. Good. Well, you do. No, you do. They go to Earth. What? They, what? Yeah. Well, we're in sports now. But yeah, when they go find Odin. Oh yeah, duh! Yeah. I forgot about it. <laughs> but it's not—it's not really a battle. I'm, I'm thinking. I see what you're saying. I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you never really get to see Thor like really cut loose. It's always just as an auxiliary character, more or less. Yeah. And also considering what's gonna ha- what happens throughout the entire movie, I think it was a good way to showcase his strength first, how powerful he is, and how reliant he is on the hammer. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I, I took from it at the end of it. I'm like, oh, this is just a good way to showcase how powerful he is with the hammer. Like it's flying, he doesn't have to touch the hammer. It's flying around, he's hitting minions mm-hmm. for him. He's able to like, like, like twirl it and deflect like the fire from Surtur's sword. Slings it. Yeah, and yeah. then, you know, destroys Surtur with like one blow. <laughs> but from there, they go right into Thor going back to Asgard since he's been away for so long. And since Surtur basically goes him and be like, oh, you fool, I will be the destruction of Asgard. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to destroy you. Take your your helmet your face. <laughs> yeah, take your head. And we'll go back to Asgard, see what's up. Going back to Asgard, we've all wondered, what's Loki been doing ever since the end of Thor 2? What? Idris Elba's ca- uh, character. Idris Elba's character? Idris Elba's character. Like, when he got back, Oh, yeah, he, Hamda, Hamda wasn't there. Yeah. Yes. Hamda wasn't there because he's a refugee now. Yes, and like, they didn't really. Did they ever really say why? This, the assumption is that because he because knew that Loki was Odin. He, he yeah. was sentenced or something. Like he, he's a criminal now, and he ran away. Yeah, That's all we. Hear. But I'm guessing. Yeah, they just said he was a fugitive, yeah. and I'm. Yeah, well, I'm. Just, I'm assuming it's the same thing because he realized that wasn't Odin. Yeah, he didn't see. Everything. But nobody else didn't know. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile. Loki is like obviously no, <laughs> like the, he's like having like the, the like a cute stage play of like the the events of Thor two where Loki quote unquote dies in Thor's arms and that's where we get the Matt Damon cameo because he's Being playing Loki. He's playing Loki, stage. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Chris Hemsworth's brother is playing yeah, Thor. I knew oh, it. Oh really? That was, yeah. was I knew it. Name? Liam? Liam? No, not that's no. not Liam. That's another. That's like I don't think he's like he's like not one of the big. lesser known. Oh okay, but that that scene was hilarious, and I'm so glad. That they didn't, they wasted no time in Thor realizing that he ain't Odin. Like Odin wouldn't be sitting here eating grapes, watching a, a sh- like a, a comedy by himself when the the nine realms are in chaos without yeah. his leadership. So it, right away he's like, "Really, brother, you're gonna do this?" <laughs> so he throws a hammer and then holds on Odin's back of his head, so that when the hammer comes back, it's yeah. gonna hit Odin in the face. And then you know, Loki <laughs> yeah. reveals himself to be Loki. But I think that's. A lot of the complaint, I'm going to say this right now, a lot of the complaints of this movie is that the, the comedy, like, undercuts any evolution in the characters. Like, it, everything's just a big joke, so how can there be any character development? That right there was the first step, and they do it a lot, like, they do it really well in this movie, but they do show growth in Thor's character, mm-hmm. and in that moment, him seeing immediately through, through Loki's yeah. deception shows you how long he's been doing this dance with his brother, mm-hmm. one, and two, how much wiser he's become over mm-hmm. time. Because, you know, Thor 1, he was naive as fuck. Yeah, and like, he was. Like, like, if he were, like, earlier Thor, he would actually have a conversation about it. It's like, no, you're not Odin, and blah, blah, blah. Instead, he just gets right into it. You know yeah. You're not going to show me? Fine. I'm going to throw a hammer. It's going to land on your face. <laughs> unless you show me who you are. Like, it plays with the character. 
Yeah, yeah, because if it because if it was actually Odin, Odin could have stopped yeah. the hammer. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like smart, good job. I was really happy they did that. I'm like, all right, this is a good start. And then immediately we go right to Earth and get the pace yeah. this movie is fast. So we're going to beat to beat to beat. We go right to Earth and get the amazing Doctor Strange cameo he that we so good. Yes. Yeah. It's funny enough. Like he had a he had a different outfit than he had in the, at uh, on the post credit scene. He did. Yeah, because like his his the gloves his, weren't there. not oh, even just the gloves. not even just the gloves, but I feel like he his, had the gloves in the, the, in the post credit scene. Yeah, he did. That was like a big deal. I don't remember that. He had the gloves. Okay, I'm, I I know for a fact. <laughs> Never mind then. Oh, so that was the only outfit. I, yeah, change? I was gonna say I didn't notice that. Oh yeah, no. In the scene, he has the yellow gloves. Mm-hmm. That was like a like oh he's got the gloves now, okay. but. I think what made the cameo so amazing was that he's far more Doctor Strangey than he's ever been in his movie. Yeah, and then for, weirdly enough, like he had the uh, Eye of Agamotto, the the time gem. Yeah. Which, but the, but by the end of the movie, he put it away because they're like, "You're not ready for this." But then all of a sudden, it almost I feels like ready. Doctor Strange Two is going to be like a like a like a flashback <laughs> to show to show how he went from the uh-huh. end of Doctor Strange to becoming. The source of supreme that we expected him to be. Yeah, I need it. I need an explanation because it seems like in Thor he was the sorcerer supreme, but then by the but really by the end of the first one he was not even baby sorcerer. Like, oh, he he can make like yeah, he can can make (laughs) he can make magic whips and stuff like that. But no, he was like full on magical, teleporting them, yeah, making making Loki fall for thirty minutes. That was hilarious. (laughs) I've been falling for thirty minutes. Wonderland. Oh, like the falling? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, it was hilarious. Like, like Thor getting like nauseous from teleporting yeah. so much. and kept spilling his beer. <laughs> and not only that, think of once again, that's a good scene that it was really comical. But the whole time, it's still played with the characters. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange being super busy. He's being focused on like trying to do his task. Mm-hmm. Thor's still very admirable holding his beer. And later on putting it down because eventually he has to give up his beer and try to like... Not trying to be macho because overall he's like, I can't do this. I'm getting really sick. Mm-hmm. And Loki, the first thing he says when he falls, he's like, he complains. That's the character. Yeah. That's what they do. And then as the, and, you know, as soon as Loki complains and uh, Doctor Strange goes, okay, bye, <laughs> sends them away. Yeah, these aren't like just like, like gags. They're mm-hmm. they're organic jokes coming from the character. Like Doctor Strange is not just throwing out one liners. Like, be jokes. Like look at it. Like yeah. Doctor Strange isn't like making jokes. Like he's literally just being himself. But mm-hmm. the situation happens to be funny. Exactly. Well, it's like funny enough. I look at that situation and I look at Doctor Strange, and it makes me go, God damn it! Why can't we have gotten this in his movie? Like, yeah, me too. It kind of makes me look at his movie differently. Because we were all like, yo, why is Doctor Strange so much better than this than he was in his own movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I think it makes sense. Like, once again, that's the beginning of the Doctor Strange arc. Yeah. But he gave us what we've complained about. Now it's he is the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm-hmm. We don't know how he got there. But, <laughs> but we'll at least moving into Infinity War, we know he's going to be that powerful, which they'll need to fight Thanos. <laughs> they definitely need it. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> but then moving from there, we get... And, I, and here's where the change between the trailers and the final film happened that people talk about online. Where remember in the original trailers for Thor mm-hmm. Ragnarok, the scene where Hela destroys um, Thor's hammer took place in an alleyway. Yeah. Took place in an alleyway, and which I'm t- assuming maybe right right after he left Doctor Strange. That's where he went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and didn't you mention in a news in a news uh, segment one time that yeah. Takuti chose that he cho- he changed he changed the uh, landscape. Basically, he his his explanation was just like. I realized during post that New York alleys aren't cool anymore. Yeah. But it's not even that. I think it's a, 
it was a wise decision to change it mm. because think about what happens in that scene dr strange teleports thor and loki to where odin is and which and in the movie odin's looking over a vista on horizon mm-hmm. and he gives them this really heartfelt and anthony hopkins ever seen him in last night yeah. <laughs> me and you mike we've seen that shit yeah <laughs> anthony hopkins when he's done wrong he's shit <laughs> but he's such a good actor that yeah he's surrounded by comedy beats but in that moment where he's telling his sons like you know he's dying and he's warning them he's basically giving them a, a, a plot explanation for what's about to happen <laughs> give them exposition but it feels genuine and the setting i think is way better than the alleyway because imagine if spoilers odin dies in the scene what if odin died in an alleyway like yeah. what, what how does that scenario play out in an alleyway where he's looking out and going uh, look out or there even if he died, di- even if he died in like the nursing home or something like that and then they walked out the nursing home and ended no, up yeah. in the alleyway and still it wouldn't have been as powerful no because his words were literally like look at look at this world like this is home and like that becoming the theme of the movie which is home is, is you know it's been done before asgard is, is. yeah asgard is in a place it's a people it's a people so what is he looking out at if he's in the alleyway of the cars? Like, look at look at the busy traffic, Thor, Thor and Loki. Um, <laughs> not home. only that, guys, don't forget that they actually did tie up the geology to the mythology. Is that they were in Norway? Yeah, they were in Norway. And oh. He literally said this is home because Norse mythology. Nor- exactly. So, at the time, something that was criticized by people, but at the end of the day, Taika Waititi is right. That that change in location, I think. Significantly, yeah, significantly made that seem more powerful. Odin dying in his own homeland, mm-hmm. and then just everything happening at home. Like I mean, how'd you guys how'd you guys feel about Odin's death in that? It scene, was emotional. Though? It was yeah. really sad and really happy at the same time. You know, like Odin leaving his words and him talking about how he's gonna, you know. She's she's missing. She's calling me, or she's missing me. Yeah, we get the revelation. Yeah, talking yeah. about Fre- 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 yeah. Freya. Freya, I'm like, oh, yeah. you gonna go and see Freya? I'm like, Oh, and the way she died, and, I mean, and, 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 and it was, like, and it was the end to his character that they've been more or less pushing since the first Thor. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like when he goes to the Frost World, a Loki's father looks at Odin, and he's like, "You don't look too well." Mm-hmm. And then even though like the Odin sleep, they they make it seem like in the comics he does it every so like every millennia or every year or something like that. He has to go into the Odin every sleep. Year. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know I, if I it's, think I, it is like every I, I, like, yeah I don't know if it's every year or every or yeah I don't know what the the uh, time frame of it is, but he has to go into the Odin sleep every so often yeah. to maintain his powers. But in the Thor in the movie universe, like that was the first time that ever happened. Yeah. And it seems permanent in the movie universe. Yeah, like they didn't know if he was going to wake up. Yeah. So they've been kind of teasing the fact that eventually Odin's time is going to come, you know, at some point. So, you know, for it to finally get here in this movie, like it, it and for him to look out into like Norse and Norway looking out to the horizon, like I thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, the emotionality of having like sitting down the two brothers who are rivals mm-hmm. and like kind of bonding on the death of their father. Because even Loki, like, you know, at one point Thor looks at him and is like, Loki, is this your... Because Odin's speaking, speaking very, like, in generalities and very, mm-hmm. like, like he's about to die. And Thor looks at him like, this is your doing, Loki. Yeah. Loki's like, I didn't... I'm not doing this. Like, mm-hmm. this is him. So it just... I got, like, the feeling that they are brothers. They do care about each other and their father, mm-hmm. even though, you know, Loki's a villain. Even Loki <laughs> looks so, like, all brokenhearted. Yeah. Loki, who claims that he hates his father. But, yeah. You know. But, yeah, but you, but you already know, like... he killed him? Like, he didn't even... He he literally put him away in this space that he thought was safe. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you already even though Loki's a villain and he always says he hates his father, 
you know he loved like like even says in the first movie like the reason he did everything that he did was for his father's approval mm-hmm. he he says that so like everything he does he just does it in a twisted way but he does it for the approval of odin yes and that being said in this movie more than any other movie we can sympathize with loki because what odin reveals to mm. the, the two brothers is that everything that he knows is basically a lie yeah. <laughs> and that they had a sister hella goddess of death who is truly the heir to the throne of Asgard. And it, it comes back later, but Loki like kind of communicates with the uh-huh. Thor and like, now you know how I felt. Mm-hmm. Like when everything you thought you knew is a lie and it's a lie that was created by the person you admire the most, your father. Prince of Egypt? Yeah. It had shades <laughs> of Prince of Egypt, yeah. Um, but then in the next, after Odin's death, we get the appearance of Hela which again, I think it looked cooler in the in the field. They mm-hmm. move in the alleyway. Mm-hmm. Hammer gets crushed immediately. Yeah, <laughs> That's immediately. the first move. <laughs> and because they freaked out, Loki being a coward <laughs> as usual. He's like help, 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 help. <laughs> but then in the middle of going back to Asgard, things get a little fucked up because you know. Yeah, being teleported through the rainbow beam bridge yeah. or whatever Didn't they're fighting with hella which yeah. is hilarious because they're flying she's, through she's chasing her yeah. chase, like the terminator <laughs> yeah, they, they look back and like oh shit she's behind us <laughs> like loki and i think again loki tries to fight her mm-hmm. like it's not even like he's just like fuck you thor he, he attempts to mm-hmm. help defend them and he gets immediately tossed through the uh yeah. the beam thor as well thor too. and that's how they end up with sakaar mm-hmm. and because loki went out first he ends up going with sakaar like weeks before thor does yeah i will say that's one of my gripes in terms of like the loki character what? I, I I feel like they kind of not just downplay him, but they like severely like bitch him out in these movies. Oh yeah, he's yeah. he is not a force to be reckoned with. He, he's not like <laughs> he's not. Granted, I know he's the god of mischief, and they play they play that up in all the movies that he's in. Mm. But Loki is like one of the most powerful sorcerers in the you like he's almost like he fought Doctor Strange at one point and won now in this movie Doctor Strange waved his ass away like he's powerful enough to like defeat Doctor Strange just, but it's like you don't see any of that in any of the movies the only thing you really see is like he'll shapeshift mm-hmm. but in terms of like having magical ability he has none they could be a, they could be like a, a Loki lose counter in the bottom of the screen because he ah. he takes so many L's in all the movies. <laughs> Hulk, Valkyrie, Thor, Doctor Strange, like you just name yeah. them. They've yeah. all they've all gave him an L at some point. So that's, that's so that's one of my like I would like to see a menacing Loki. Like I feel, I feel like we saw menacing Loki. And then Hulk broke him. Yeah, <laughs> basically. See? Yeah, but we've never seen it. on that level. Like, not really. You want to see him being a sorcerer? Is yeah. What you meant? Maybe we'll get some of that in uh, the next movie if he ends up being teaming a with Thanos. I don't think so. Not yeah, just a sorcerer, but if he if he teams with Thanos, maybe Thanos will give him a little boost in power somehow. Who knows? Give him some of that gym, Infinity Gym power. I doubt that they're gonna actually like team up, team up. I mean, who knows? We'll talk about that by the end though with the post credit scene. But uh, so then we get the scenes with the Hell invading Asgard, and here's where. What I thought my theory about the Warriors 3 becoming the oh, Black yeah. Order was going to happen. That was so fast. Mm, no. <laughs> they get immediately destroyed. Yeah. Like, literally immediately. Like, within 10 seconds, dead. They don't even get dead. a word out edgewise no. before they're killed. The, the person who gets the most screen time is the Asian guy. Yay! Who gets ha, it the ha, worst. Yeah. Ha, it starts with an H. Hogan? Yeah. Is it Hogan? I think it's Hogan. He gets impaled the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was kind of like, at first I was like, all right, oh he's your guy, he's not dead yet. And then how he dies, oh I was like, God. holy shit. <laughs> so it's like, like we said, like it's not a bloody movie, 
And yeah, it's a comedy. But yeah, that's, that. that's what Zachary Levi was like. Shazam! Exactly. He's <laughs> like, y'all didn't do me like that. I'm out. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to DC. <laughs> Can't blame them because they did Warriors to be dirty, and that's one of my that is one of my complaints because they don't follow up with it. And Sif isn't even around. It's the Warriors 3 and Sif. I don't know what. But the Warriors 3 are killed. Mm-hmm. Sif is nowhere to be found, never mentioned. And Thor never once mentions that the Warriors 3 are killed. And they're like his best friends. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't know? Doesn't know. By the time at the end the movie happens and they're all in a ship with everybody in Asgard, spoilers, sure. you would think he'd be like, hey, where's uh, Hogan in them? <laughs> it's like, ooh. See what happened was. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I agree. Yeah, right. <laughs> huh. But then we also get some more character development with um Scourge, and that's another departure from the comics because I don't know how you guys felt about it, but like you know Scourge is like the most loyal like henchman to the uh, to Hela or no to the Enchantress. No, Enchantress, Enchantress. Yes. Not not to be confused with, with Suicide Squad Enchantress. Not that one. <laughs> not that one. Jesus Christ, not God. that one. But yeah, so. It's just odd that they decided to make. I mean, he's more like he's more humanized because you can see every scene he's in. You, it's not even like it's like unclear. You can see the confliction on his face of like, yeah, man. played awesomely by Carl Urban. Yeah, it was like I don't want to do this, but she will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so let me try. So like I don't know. Did you how do you guys feel about Scourge's character? They kind of made him. They kind of uh, made him the Finn of the movie. He's like I'm just the janitor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of. <laughs> Did you mind changes? I don't know how many Scourge fans are out there, but yeah, I was gonna say I don't really don't know, know much, much about, about Scourge, him, so. so I don't, I just, I don't care. He's just like the, he's just a big minion. Okay. That's just, yeah, that's essentially what he was. He was okay. the minion to the Enchantress. Yeah. But I don't, in terms of like his mythology and the backstory and how important he might be to Amora, that's her name. I don't know. I, I don't know nothing about it. They just made him more of a good guy. They, they gave, they MCU'd him a little bit and gave him some uh, redemption. Yeah, they made him a little bit redemptive. The redemption you know? arc. Yes. Yeah. I didn't mind it. And I did like the redemption arc they put him on. But moving forward. So we got Hela taking over Asgard. And we get the scenes with Thor and Loki on Sakaar. And I think this is where the movie really takes. Like, I was already on board for this movie. But when they get to Sakaar, that's where I'm like, this is awesome. Because going into this, I thought this was going to be 50% Hulk, 50% Thor. <laughs> I, I always said, like, the... Thor and all the other movies, the best parts are the parts that don't involve Thor. <laughs> like the other characters. More uh-huh. But like, I was afraid that Hulk was going to completely steal the show. But they balance Hulk very well. He mm-hmm. probably gets as much screen time as Loki. You know what I mean? So it's not like it's a complete Hulk show. Yeah. Yeah. You have something to say? Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Well, in essence, it does become very much a team movie. Mm-hmm. Because... When they actually, and before they even get to the arena scene. Exactly, that's why I meant. It's like, introduction of Valkyrie. Yeah, the introduction of Valkyrie, where she <laughs> walks out of the ship. I hey, like her. Thor gets attacked by a bunch of, like, you know, minions of the Scavengers. car. Scavengers. Yes. Like, like uh, Valkyrie ship lands. She walks out, hey, he's mine. Well, She's once about she all the ship. She was drinking something. Yeah, she was drinking, bottle, yeah. She breaks, she throws a bottle at, hey, he's mine. <laughs> Step one, step two, falls off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's so drunk. Like, genuinely like, funny. <laughs> and, and part of me was like, is she fake? Is she faking to, like, make it seem like... No. <laughs> you know, to, like, to like lower their expectations. Like, oh, it's just a girl. No. We're gonna fuck her up. I'm like, no, she, no. She, no, she like, was drunk. Yeah, she <laughs> was drunk. After the fall, she gets up, but even the way she's getting up, she's still drunk. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, I 
I, I said it's mine. <laughs> but a very clever, like, I, I love the 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 weird gauntlet she had yeah, that controlled the that ship. Yeah, that connected the ship. Yeah. yeah. It was like almost like a mecha scene. Like, uh-huh. it was dope. Like, I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. Pacific Rim, yeah. Oh, already. <laughs> but she captures Thor using, like, this neural <laughs> that like, was inhibitor funny. thing. Which is kind of like um what uh, Obadiah Stane Obadiah Stane used against Iron Man in the first movie mm-hmm. where it shuts down your neural impulses but it kind of made me go which I, I, fi- I justified it later on but I was like he's the god of thunder yet he's being taken down by electricity how does that work that's what you said too right Jamie it was electricity but I I, I saw it as if you saw his skin like whenever she used it it was like veins in his like under his skin which is like like what Tony Stark happened to him and what it was is shutting down his his neural synapses which are electrical impulses exactly that i was going to say neurons are actually neurons communicate through electricity so if anything that device has to involve some sort of electricity exactly but the way i justified it is like he couldn't control his like full power yet like he couldn't really access he could the first time he really tapped into it really uh being able to channel or summon electricity Yeah, so, yeah during the arena. So I'm like, so he hasn't really tapped into that yet. So he maybe that's can. why. Maybe? That's, oh, that was my justification, even though, like, you think about it, it still doesn't really I matter. Disagree, well, yeah. you know why? The device was still attached to his neck when he became a thunder. True. Oh, uh, yeah, it's true. I, I just saw it as... It doesn't break? How? It's not just electricity. It's, like, on a like a, a biological level. It was shutting him down. Like if, you're, if you're any kind of biological being, I assume something like that would shut down your ability to move, I guess. That's how I saw it. Biological taser, I guess. <laughs> taser, you said. Yeah, biological taser. I, I don't know science. I'm just saying. I had, that's how I rationalized it. But then you get the scene where he gets his hair cut. <laughs> oh, my God. It was a Stan Lee cameo. Don't cut my Why hair. Not? Before, don't dare cut my hair. Oh, the before, ride. The, the, the ride. Wiki, the ride. Willy Wonka. The, oh, the, uh, the Willy Wonka scene yeah. where he's being introduced to the world of the Grandmaster and such. And they make it seem like the Grandmaster is like this evil guy. So then they're like, you're about to meet the Grandmaster in five, four. He's like, ah! <laughs> it was <a> girl scream. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Yeah. But the Grandmaster, I loved Jeff Goldblum's portrayal of the character. And I think he stole the scene whenever he was in it. Yes. But his portrayal of the character was like a non-villain. Like, he would do really sinister things, like melting somebody. Yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, what? Like, oh, oh. Yeah. But he was like, ew. Oh, gross. Oh, it's everywhere. Kind of like, like Samuel L. Jackson and Kingsman. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah. The lava. It made him, like, even though he was a villain, he didn't, himself, he didn't feel like the main threat. It didn't take away from Hela as the main villain in the movie because you still felt like he had some endearing qualities to him, even though he was an asshole. <laughs> But yeah, the, uh, the, haircut. the haircutting scene with Stanley as a cameo. <laughs> I am the god of thunder. You will not touch my hair. Please, sir, don't cut yeah. my hair. <laughs> don't move. I can't guarantee you anything. It's like the device that he uses for haircut is like... It's like a probing like device. A blender? <laughs> yeah. Looks like a blender. It's like... More realistic than Medusa getting her, her haircut, I'll say that much. <laughs> she was stupid. God. <laughs> And at least you laughed during that moment. Like, with the Medusa thing, you're just like, what is happening? That was played as, like, a real dramatic, like, almost like a rape scene. It was so dramatic. Yeah, but it's just like, I don't feel anything. Yeah. I'm like, this is dumb. And I, I will talk about that at the end, but that's a good indicator of, like, when you go for a certain tone and achieve it, as long as it's a good movie, that's what you have to judge it on. But if you go for a darker tone and miss it completely, Yikes. you got to judge it on that. You know what I mean? You can't mm-hmm. judge a movie on what tone it should have because it's whatever tone it chooses the tone it should have 
but you have to base it on the quality of the movie itself. Like you can argue, like for example, Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about the end of the world, but it's, it plays a comedy. Mm-hmm. That'd be like judging. What's that Seth Rogen movie with uh, This Is The End? Yeah, This Is The End. Like, if you were to say This Is The End is a bad movie, yeah. purely because it's based on the Christian apocalypse, yeah. but it's a comedy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an apocalypse, but that's the tone they chose. You have to judge it on that merit. Yeah, I didn't see that. Oh, you didn't see it? No. I, I, I have the Blu-ray. God damn it, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. It's a trend with me. Yeah. But then we get some more characterization moments with the, let me introduce the Korg. Korg is a I, I like Korg a lot as a character, even though he's nothing like the comic. Um, and then and even going with that, like we talked about uh, the bi ratio from uh, Tessa Thompson and Valkyrie. Like Korg's gay in the comics, but they, really? they don't. Oh, they don't, like one of his lovers is one of his like prison mates. Like oh, that's in oh. that's on Scar. Yeah, they don't they don't touch on that at all. They do throw in some cameos from Planet Hulk because they also have Meek, who is nothing like yeah, that. nothing like yeah at all at all. But you know. He's in there, so I was like, oh, I've been playing Hulk guys, remember that? <laughs> but the Hulk versus Thor fight happens basically the way I assumed it was going to happen, like in the trailer. What's up? What about that emotional exchange between Loki and Thor? Thank you for bringing that up. Okay. Yes, that 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 is one of the first moments that kind of plays mm-hmm. on their evolving dynamic as brothers. Um, <laughs> and I love the set they do in that scene with Loki visiting him in the prison cell because he throw like he Thor knows. Loki's gimmicks at this point mm-hmm. so he throws rocks at Loki knowing he's a hologram or like a, a illusion or whatever and I, just to tie it with the end by the end of the movie like the show that Loki's oh. changed at mm-hmm. least somewhat and it somewhat has an arc when he throws a rock at Loki at the end Loki catches it and says like I'm here I'm like oh <laughs> like yeah. Like it's a Brother. small moment, and yeah, it's played for comedy. Even in that scene in the prison, it's played for comedy because he keeps throwing him, <laughs> he's yeah. chucking at Loki while it's he's like talking. Stomach, chest, and face. He's like, "Are you gonna say something? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get us out of here." Doing what Loki does, trying to think of like a mm-hmm. way to take over Sakar and like dethrone the Grandmaster. <laughs> yeah, but it shows like there's some real like character evolution for these mm-hmm. people or for these characters, which I really liked. Like, how did you feel? How did you guys feel about that scene with Loki? <coughs> Oh, <laughs> no, I think um, I think it went really well is the fact that, you know, it shows how much, because overall, like, originally Loki and Thor, well, Loki sees Thor being carried in in front of the Grandmaster, and Loki pretends he doesn't know him at all, just so that he can survive. Mm. So him, just the fact of him showing up to Thor when he's getting ready for the battle, like, that itself made me go, okay, you know, he wants to talk. Mm-hmm. And then even then, like it just shows the relationship of Thor and Loki that we know is that Loki always looks out for himself first, and Thor always not he's never happy with how Loki behaves, how he never cares for like him like his brother, which is Thor, or like his home, which is about to get destroyed. Mm. So like Thor's sulking, Loki is trying to justify what he did, and he's trying to like communicate the plan, but Thor doesn't listen. Like I think, and that's what he's telling him. Like mm-hmm. this is how I felt when I learned everything I knew mm-hmm. was a lie. And then, I don't know. I just liked it was short. It was short. I think it's it also so helped to make the two characters understand each other a little mm-hmm. better. Yeah, because that that was a kind of running theme throughout for the most part. With Loki's like, now nah, you know how I feel. Even going to the part where, where oh where, yeah, you know, where Hulk does the same thing to Thor <laughs> and tells the bashing. Hulk's like, yes, yes. <laughs> now you know yeah. how I feel. And, and that's pretty much like a running theme between them. Like Loki 
and Thor, like more or less, not necessarily switching roles, but getting somewhat of a better understanding of each other. Yeah. And yeah, it's I mean, it, there's, it's, there's comedy sparse throughout, but that's real. That's a real, like, evolving character development. Like, even if you're brothers, like, you won't know what the other person truly felt unless you experience something very similar. Mm-hmm. Even if Thor, you know, kept on saying, I love you, Loki, you know, like, you are my brother, like, but till the end, he never could really understand what Loki felt until he was in his shoes. Yeah. All right, skipping forward to the, the, the Hulk versus Thor scene, though. I, I, again, like, I wasn't, like, blown away by the fight or anything like that, but the moments in the fight made me really enjoy it, like Thor getting smacked around like Loki was, or when he activates his god power. Oh, that was nice. And it's like... Did you think you were the god of hammers? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, god of thunder. Well, well no, he says no. that. At, Odin says not, Odin doesn't say that to the end. Oh, at the end, yeah. yeah. But same thing. It's like I, that. Make in hindsight, that makes that scene make sense. It's like, okay, yeah. And I like the explanation too of like the the hammer was just a way to channel his power, mm-hmm. which I think that's not in the comics, right? I was gonna say I don't like that explanation. Really? Because mostly because. I, I start thinking about like the future of the MCU. Yeah. And because eventually Chris Hemsworth's not going to want to uh, be Thor anymore. So, you know, the whole talk is, well, are they going to do Lady Thor? So it kind of makes me go, well, if they make that explanation where it's not the hammer that gives him the power. He can't pass it on. Yeah. How you, you can't really. What are they going to do for the next Thor? Just change it. Be like, I'll give you my else. power by touching yeah. you. Ah! <laughs> or like, I'll put my power in my hammer and they give it to you. Ah! The hammer is my penis. <laughs> <laughs> You're gross. <laughs> Why are you like this? Oh no, I'm gonna get gross later. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> come on, guys. All right, but I, I will I'm say just this. Just waiting, waiting to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> but the way they characterize the Hulk in this movie has been is better than in any of the movies prior to this. They make Thor. I mean, they make Hulk act like a two-year-old petulant child. Like there's moments that are it's genuinely endearing. When he when he Hulk is like. <clears throat> yeah, because after the fight. Eventually, Hulk does defeat Thor. Not easily. Which yeah. is like, I'm like, man, how strong is the Hulk in the MCU? It's like, it's so varied how strong he is. But, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll give it to him. Maybe he'll get, he'll get stronger the more angry he is. He wasn't that angry in that fight. <laughs> but I love the way he literally, like, Well, sulks. yeah, because you saw, because, like, w- once he came running out the arena, and then he noticed it was Thor, he kind of paused. Yeah. He He's didn't like, recognize him. <laughs> yeah, he was like, wait a minute. <laughs> but like their band even though it's not all centered around Hulk and Thor, their banter in this movie, I think, made really a lot cute. of it like so fun. It's really cute. Yeah, he's just like, oh, Hulk just gets so angry. And he's just like, <laughs> he's like, Oh, he's got anger issues. Oh it's so cute. He's like Rrr. the way he like he does like the little like, yeah, yeah, he sucks. He throws his arms down <laughs> like a little kid, and then he sits on the bed. He's like, mm. <laughs> because the Thor says that he like, oh, you know what? Everybody calls you the dumbest of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, No one on earth even likes you. He's like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, they, they were both they were both like five year olds fighting on the playground. <laughs> yeah. Thor felt bad. He's like, well, never, you know, that's that's not true. I'm sorry. I, I which I mean, I mean, and, and it makes sense for both of them because they're like the brutes of the group. Yeah. So you got the two brutes together, even though, like, because they always they've always teased like a Thor Hulk little rivalry, even to the point like mm. after they fought in the first one, and like they then they teamed up at the end of the first Avengers. But then after the team up, you know, Thor came out looking like yeah, like he's about to give him a and high Thor five, and, him. And, and, and Hulk just punches him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of their banter in this, I I loved. Like that was pitch perfect, spot on stuff. And it was like at one point, you know, Hulk tells Thor to go and Thor tries to leave 
the door, and he gets zapped by the door. <laughs> oh, he calls, he calls, uh, what does he call Thor? He says, tiny arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of that, like, and I feel like a lot of that was improv too, but like yeah. it, was, it was great. Ultimately find out that Hulk got there with the Quinjet and Thor goes there to try and activate the Quinjet to get back to Sakaar eventually. He, he eventually talks to Valkyrie, blah, 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 blah. He's able to get her That's to deactivate. Neat. And you have until I finish this bottle. And this like huge, it's like a handle. Yeah, it was like a huge bottle. It was a handle. And she finished it in like what, four seconds? Like four seconds. Yeah. He was like, wow. (laughs) Yeah, he he was like, he was like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And then also a moment where he's like, I, I choose to run to a my problems. That's what heroes do. And he throws the ball out the window with a yeah. bucket yeah. and it bounces back and hits him in the face and immediately he's like, oh! <laughs> That's what heroes do. And then he goes. And I was also a throwback to like the beginning of the movie where he tries the time like call me on there oh, give his yeah. epic speech to Surtur yeah. Yeah. and he's Sorry. like that's what heroes do and then the hammer doesn't come yet he's like wait I timed that wrong <laughs> yeah. a lot of that hammer comedy was hilarious too because even in Doctor Strange scene where he's calling it and yeah. it's going through Sorry all about that. it's like destroying shit on the way he's like you can hear it he's like <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> like all, all brilliant stuff but then here's something they do that I think we all kind of were worried about and that's were they going to address the Black Widow romance from Age of Ultron <laughs> Yeah, Jamie hates it. <laughs> they do, but the way they do, I think, is is subtle, and you're in and out. They so still, I liked it. No, they still should have pretended it never happened. But you can't pretend no, you it can, never yeah, happened. Yeah, you can't do that. It's established. Why? Yeah, it's already established. And honestly, I think this movie, I liked it better than this movie. This this one moment of them, I liked better than all of the moments in Age of, Age of Ultron. Kind of like it just like, And I mean, it just and I, it almost kind of like, like nobody really cared for the Jane Foster and Hulk thing. So, I mean, mm-hmm. but they established... That happened, but it's like, oh yeah, they're broken up. Like yeah, exactly. moving on. Not even thinking about it anymore. Oh yeah, yeah even that, like they didn't mention it in the movie. Yeah, but it gives more significance, I think, to the Age of Ultron scene where he turns off the the communication from Black Widow, and now we know after that he stayed Hulk. After he, like, it was almost like turning off her commu- her communication was him turning off Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. So in this movie, once he sees because Thor actually turns it on again, once he sees Black Widow's face. He struggle. It's like Bruce Banner struggling to get control of Hulk mm-hmm. back. It's like no Banner, no, and he becomes Banner again. Because overall, like, he doesn't want to be Banner because he don't. He doesn't want to face yeah. all that emotion. Exactly. Because Hulk doesn't like. It, oh yes, Hulk does feel emotion, but in a very like instinctual level, and that's all he feels. A not very a, primitive not a complex, level. Yeah, not a complex level of like longing, love, you know, insecurity. Mm-hmm. Hulk genuinely has feelings that get hurt. That's why he's so angry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean... He even, Hulk have emotional problems. <laughs> yeah, he even mentioned, like, because uh, Thor was like, why don't you go back to Earth? He was like, I don't want to... Earth hate the Hulk. <laughs> but when Banner comes back, I, I love, again, even with Banner and Thor, their dynamic is also hilarious because Banner's a little bit weird after being yeah. Hulk for two years, which makes why it all so hilarious. Yeah. Maybe I've been a monster for two years, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the fact that when Thor's talking to the Hulk to try and convince Hulk to help him, he's like, I always like Banner. I mean, I always like the Hulk the best. Like, I, who cares about Banner? He's like, ooh, science. Yeah. And when he's Banner, he's like, I always like Banner the best. Who cares about Hulk? Like, the Hulk, like, oh, I'm strong, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you need to pussy this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to play both sides. <laughs> but yeah, so just skipping forward. We missed the shirtless scene. Yeah, oh, we did. God, the shirtless scene. How dare you? You really want to talk about how yes! he yes! lingered on his body, man. Yes! Y'all both were like, oh my God, he's so hot. 
I needed yes. I needed some tissue because <laughs> I was le- I, mean, I was leaking. It was it was it was worth it. Because Hemsworth is a very strong man. Yeah. <laughs> He's got can. abs on abs. <laughs> I was like, if I was his wife, when he's not working, like his dick would stay in my mouth. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> like, a, like a baby pacifier. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Oh. 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 Oh, okay, okay. I don't, I don't have Too a segue much. from that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Jordan, you have great segues. Let's see how you segue that. I got nothing for that. I don't even. Quickly, quickly. But from there, they. Oh God. That's that's in my mind now. That's what Thor says. The Hulk was like, that's in my brain now, forever. Oh yeah, that's me too. I think a little shot. You know, a little shop of horrors when he first bleeds. Oh yeah, and then he has the blood. It's like. That's what I. That's what I was thinking. It's confirmed the Hulk has a big dick. Yeah, because Hulk's not wearing pants very, and he very. walks by a Thor and he's like, that's in my brain forever now. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, but, but you would think, like, when he hulks out, everything has to grow, right? It's got to be proportional, right? Yeah, it's got to be proportional. But apparently, even, if, like, even the way he hangs, apparently, is that God. big. All right, let's move on. <laughs> but yeah, they put together the team, the Revengers, as they were. But then you get a little bit of backstory. This is why I feel like they shortchanged some of uh, Valkyrie's backstory. Because Thor, I mean, uh, Loki's able to delve into Valkyrie's memories, and you see that Hela had faced the Valkyries in ages past or whatever, uh, before the Asgard as we know it. Yeah, because uh, there was a point she said that Hela was almost about to escape. Yeah. And so Odin sent all the Valkyries to whatever dimension she was in, which I'm assuming is hell, but they didn't really mention it. Yeah. But uh, she was going to escape, and so they sent the Valkyries there to try, try to keep her in, you know, detain her. Mm-hmm. And she ended up pretty much slaughtering almost basically all of them except for her. Yeah, and there's a moment where what people will say is the Valkyrie from the comics jumps in front of the Valkyrie in the MCU, and she dies instead of Valkyrie. And it's like, this is, it's all in slow motion. You can yeah, see te- her expression I mean, te- change. It, yeah, technically speaking, they're all Valkyries, so. Yeah, but you know, the white Valkyrie. Yeah. <laughs> so, so our guess is that that Valkyrie was her lover. And that's why when she says, like, she lost everything, she's referring well, to Well, yeah, I, and I actually read, it's not a, like, it, no, that was her lover. That was her lover. Yeah, Tessa Thompson said it herself. You like, can see it in the yeah, scene. Yeah, that was her lover. They didn't yeah. address it, but, yeah. And to cut it out, I think it was a disservice to her character, but whatever. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, talk about but the service of the, characters, though. What were you going to say? I was going to say, the, the, the scene, because I, I was going to bring it up during news, but the scene that they actually cut didn't have to do with her, like the Valkyrie lover. Oh, really? The scene that they, were, the scene that they actually cut that showed that she was bisexual was going to be her on Scar, Sakaar. Just flirting with somebody? No, they were going to actually show, like, you know, like, I guess when the Hulk tries, or Thor tries to come to her to seek for help, you would have saw, like, a woman leaving her bed. Oh, okay. While her being all drunk and shit. So also subtle. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not what I thought, but. Still. But I mean, that's not even that subtle though. A woman's leaving her bed it means you just. It's more subtle than her just being like, "I'm by." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but speaking of the service characters, we haven't really talked about him, but Idris Elba as Heimdall is running around saving the the civilians of Asgard while all of this is happening, and I mean, on one hand. He's got more to do in this movie than he has in any of the other Thor movies. Well, on the other hand, he doesn't. Yeah, on the other hand, he doesn't have much to do. But on the other other hand, it could be worse. He could be more than Warriors 3. Yeah. <laughs> so at least he's got a job. Uh, so I didn't really mind how they use it because he did get a few badass moments with his sword. And he was very important to the, the end victory. But, you know, 
I always wish he's Idris Elba. He's yeah, of course. I like. I definitely always wish they would use him more, especially considering his power set. Mm-hmm. It's like you could see everything. So it's like, hey, bro, I'm looking for the Infinity Stones. Like, you want to help me out? Exactly. Like, let's go on a road trip together. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, they do get back to to Asgard. The whole team, including Loki, and I, there's that great moment in the elevator that is undercut by the. The, the get help scene which is also genuinely hilarious because we've seen that trope done a million times in movies but I've never seen someone no. toss the person <laughs> <laughs> like he literally picked him up and threw him like a bowling ball yeah. Loki was it's like, like wait we, what Loki was like oh, like do we, do we have to always do it that way can I throw you he was like you could try but you can't he was like it was embarrassing he was like not for me <laughs> <laughs> but it's a moment where like always and we always wait for Loki to be a shark he is to betray Thor he tries to but Thor, having now grown a little bit as a character, immediately sees through it and actually gets the one over on Loki by the end. Yeah. And I think that, that was also an emotional scene because he kind of like tells his brother straight up like, hey, like this is who you are and I can't change yeah, you. The other, yeah, they allude to that on the, uh, and on, on the elevator on the ride up. Like, because basically Loki, you know, says, uh, Thor says something to him. I don't remember what he said. But then Loki was like, so you you think this low of me? And Oh, to, to stay on Sakaar. Yeah, he's like because you, you never wanted to, you never want to see me again anyway. And yeah, so he's like, you think you think this low of me, and he's like, no, actually, I thought the world of you. Yeah, that like, was real. You were my favorite person, and yeah, you keep disappointing me <laughs> every single time. Like I've I've gotten to the point where I like you're the god of mischief, and I've I've come to recognize that. But you could be so I but like you could be, yeah, but so you could be more. so much more. Yeah, and you can see you, and Loki. I mean, Tom Hilson plays it so well. You can see the conflict in his face as he's like kind of mulling yeah, over. Yeah, a, a lot of people. A lot of people think you know like. In terms of like an acting aspect, like giving dialogue is all is the hardest part because you're actually talking and you have to you know quote unquote convey emotion in your speech and your speech patterns. But really, the hardest thing to do is to re- as an actor is really to respond. To emote. Yeah, and and without using words. Yeah. Like they even talk about it on Buffy. Oh God! <laughs> I, I gotta have I gotta, gotta have my references. Damn you. <laughs> But yeah, like on Buffy, like they they say like, and granted, this wasn't even planned because I was thinking this whole time, like, how am I gonna bring Buffy into this podcast? Wow. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, the Sarah Michelle Gellar and Allison Hannigan and all of them, they always say like the hardest episode they did was Hush with an episode where they had no dialogue. Going into it, they were like, they were thinking like, oh, this is gonna be easy. Like, I don't have to learn any lines or anything like that. Yeah. But no, there's like having to like, cause every single expression and emotion, like it, they said it was it was much harder to do than actually saying words. Yeah. So yeah, so for him, like the reaction that he had, you could you saw everything on his face like kind of, kind of like we're going back to uh again another throwback when we talked about Beauty and the Beast how we complained that oh that song the song oh that beast song yeah and we got everything from that song in just the one roar that yeah. he had in the original Rawr, cartoon yeah. yeah 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 so that was good less is more sometimes. yeah less is more um so then they eventually get back to Asgard and I thought it was clever how they ended up having the final battle because it wasn't a thing where it's just like, oh, Thor unleashes his own force power and then he's stronger than Hela and they win. Like Hela to this point was like treated as like she's a true god where she's beyond uh, almost seeming like Odin where she can't be beat. She's single-handedly taking out all of Asgard's forces, no problem. Oh yeah, if Odin, was still, Odin was still around, she would have took him out. Not, not not even necessarily because she's stronger than Odin, it's just because Odin's old. yeah. But they, they make her like an insurmountable um, like villain. So it's not just a 
like I'm stronger than you, so I win type of fight. It ends up being, I think, kind of reminiscent of Doctor Strange, where he has to kind of use strategy in his his brain to win the day. And the way they tie back in Ragnarok, which is what I think why they earned the title of Ragnarok, is that they use Ragnarok to defeat Hela by doing a thing where, like, Age of Ultron, they evacuate the entire Sokovia. They're able to somehow evacuate all of Asgard. It was but like no, I people. It definitely, that's another thing. I wish they kind of mentioned it, but that definitely was not all of Asgard. It couldn't be, right? It's a whole world. Yeah, like, people, de- people are dead. I know there's a city and, like, a surrounding, like, you know, area but there's gotta be more to it than that right it's like how many people are in asgard a thousand two thousand yeah i don't i don't i mean it's probably not as populated as the earth but still this definitely had to be even like even sokovia had more people yeah so yeah i don't think it definitely wasn't everybody granted of course we've seen it wasn't everybody because like she destroyed like a whole elite like the the soldiers and then the warriors three and all that stuff yeah but oh just before we get out of the uh the climax though there was a, a lot of cool easter eggs i really liked like when she's walking through the trophy room that we saw the Infinity Gauntlet yeah. in back in. Uh, and also, that? apparently, uh, first door was that in the first door? Yeah. The, the Infinity first, Gauntlet. Yeah. It's like fake. <laughs> she just pushes it because everybody's. That's a bit of a plot mm-hmm. point. Everybody's like, "Oh, uh, how is Infinity Gauntlet there if Thanos has it?" So it's like that's why it's, it was a fake. But I was gonna say with the Easter eggs, and I didn't notice it, but somebody sent me a DM on Instagram. It was like uh, they talked about there was a beta ray because you know. Uh, uh, Sakaar where they had the helmets yeah. or the monuments they said Beta Ray Bill was on one of those monuments yeah, it really was I, I didn't, I didn't, know, I didn't notice that second left yeah I didn't notice that yeah. I didn't see that either yeah that's dope so I, I need to when I go watch it again I need to go back and okay, maybe phase four we'll have a horse face Thor <laughs> maybe that, that's why I was like Lady Sif is out is there fucking uh, Beta Ray Bill that's, oh, why God. She wasn't, oh. that's why she wasn't in the movie because in the, cause in the uh, cartoon they had a, I don't know if it's canon in the comics but in uh, Earth Mightiest Heroes cartoon yeah. they had like a little thing going on oh I didn't know that yeah you didn't watch that show I did but I don't remember it oh. it's so long ago but um but yeah so we get the climactic, climactic final battle between Thor and, and Hela and Thor loses an eye like Odin like did you guys expect that Cause, no like, it was so quick when it happened it was like oh his eye yeah and that's what I was saying like a lot of people talk about the comedy in this movie but a lot of dark shit happens like the Warriors 3 dies pretty much half um, a lot of the population of Asgard dies Odin dies Thor loses an eye like mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, fucking Hulk kills people mm-hmm. Gary yeah and when he's, they're talking and again when they get to the, the serious moments like when he's like talking to Hemdall or Valkyrie about what their plan is to defeat Hela and how to save Asgard like there's no jokes there there's all serious moments where it's like we have to save our people like we gotta do this like work together there's not really any undercutting comedy there yeah and like jumping forward real quick like all of Asgard is destroyed so it's like a lot of shit like a lot of dark shit happens in this movie yeah so that was undercut with that hilarious joke from Korg where he's like, like as Surtur is destroying it by like putting a sword into it and it's fire and explosions everywhere he's like the foundation the foundation's yeah, the still, foundation's there, still there and we can rebuild it will become a hub for all of refugees in space and it completely explodes he's like never mind nope it's gone yeah. <laughs> like and because it wasn't like it was it wasn't an Asgardian saying that so like it, I could give that a pass because it was, it was Cork's personality. He was like, oh, I'm trying to see the positive side. But at the oh, same, never mind. But at the same, <laughs> and, and I kind of had that same feeling because I'm like, Asgard is completely destroyed. And it was like there was no moment to take that in. But at the same time, I kind of feel like, because again, that's why I'm glad I had more, you know, a couple days to think about it. They kind of played it off already with the whole Asgard isn't mm-hmm. a place. It's a people. They hammered that in. By that point, they hammered that yeah, in. By the, yeah, so... 
I didn't really have a problem with it. Yeah, but at that point you because because Thor, Thor more or less accepted the fact because that's when he came up with the idea. Thor already accepted the fact Asgard is done. Exactly. So, so you you weren't as invested in the place anymore because you already know as long as we get the people out, it's still a victory for us. And I just think the battle like using Surtur and Ragnarok to defeat Hela. That's kind of like the I've come to bargain scene from Doctor Strange. Like it's mm. using your head rather than your muscles. And, you know, Thor has all those muscles, so he's got the biggest brain. <laughs> well, also, I also felt it more because like you didn't expect, like I didn't expect. Granted, it was Ragnarok, but I didn't expect Asgard to be completely mm-hmm. destroyed. Yeah, but see, that's why I think it earns the title because they did go through with it. They did, they did not like go. No, we're not gonna actually have Ragnarok happen. It's gonna be prevented. Like no, it happens. And yeah, I get that happens in the comics, but there's a lot of shit that happens in the comics that doesn't happen in these movies. Like Civil War wasn't Civil War in the com- Like none of that. Like yeah. Age of Ultron wasn't the Age of Ultron from the comic. Like yeah, like you can't. Like I can't go into these movies expecting them to be 100% comic accurate. And at the same time, would you want them to be? Like, cause then uh, I love Elseworlds, and the MCU is just an Elseworld of Marvel. Yeah. And it's like if it's exactly the same, one, I don't think it'd be as good. Cause I think some of the changes are better in the movies. But I also think if it's exactly the same, what's the point of watching the movies? Like, it, it's better that it's different, cause then it's like it will still surprise you. Mm-hmm. And this movie was great, I think, because they did a lot to um, subvert your expectations. The best example of that being okay. when they do a parody of the Incredible Hulk scene oh. where Edward Norton oh. just saw the helicopter be like, I'm always angry. <laughs> well, he didn't say that. I think he was just like, what, what, did he say anything before he jumped out? No, he just said... Uh, Everything will be all right. No, he uh, he just said, uh, we, we said something about... Uh, We've been looking at each other, wondering if we knew each other. I'm going to show you who I am, or Vol- something, like that, yeah, something oh like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because in the Incredible Hulk, he jumps with the helicopter mm-hmm. and he lands as the Hulk to fight the Abomination. Yep. Well, no, no, and he 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 actually goes through the concrete, but you don't see it. Like he actually falls through the concrete. He doesn't transform before he lands. That's true. But when he comes out of the ground, he's yeah, the Hulk. he comes so out you don't of really the ground. See him land. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. But in this, like, if they went full South Park. Bruh. You killed Kenny. <laughs> Yeah, another dark moment. He was like that dead. was a dark moment played for <laughs> comedic effect. He was Deku'd. His eyes were broken. <laughs> he was the, His eyes were rolled back. I'm like, you dead. Grant Deku was still alive, though, yeah. but no, he Bruce Banner was dead. He was like mush. <laughs> like his neck was broken. Yeah. And like you see like the Fenrir wolf just kinda of look at him. He's like, oh okay, keep going. But no, the, dog, like, oh, no, the wolf the wolf licked and like yeah, moved. Yeah. He was like, oh you he, he dead. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but then like you've seen in the trailers he does become the Hulk and they do fight the wolf but it's just that that was such a subversion of what I it was expecting to happen that I burst out laughing in the theater. oh yeah the whole audience laughed <laughs> yeah. oh my god but that goes back to my <gasps> point like uh, in that moment that was a black comedy like he was literally dead but it was played for comedic effect yeah. yes <laughs> But and then I also like the, the little beat at the end after you know Thor releases his powers and they get everybody off of Asgard and Surtur's destroying everything and Hulk jumps at Surtur and punches him in the head like like in the trailer oh, yeah. and we all oh, thought in the trailer like oh my god how strong is Hulk is gonna fight Surtur but then Surtur smacks him away Hulk's like, Thor's like for once in your life don't smash <laughs> and like oh, but big monster because yeah. they had this whole plan <laughs> yeah this whole plan for to have Surtur you know destroy Asgard I'm like oh shit because I saw Hulk jump I'm like no know, shit. <laughs> Hulk's about to fuck it up. No. <laughs> it was just because we, we were like we were concerned. Like, could Hulk really fight Surtur? But by the time it happens in the movie, it's like, don't oh, fight no, Surtur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Yeah, that and was then, funny. And Hela, you know, they they in the final clash, Asgard's destroyed, and it's unclear if she dies in that final. Do you think she's dead? Do you think she's uh, gone? Our theory was she was going to be Mistress Death. I want to say. 
I want to say I hope not because I loved Kate Blanchett in this role. We didn't really talk about her that no, much. No, we didn't talk about how she was in the role. I, I, really, I thought she was good. I liked her. And yeah, part of me kind of wonders because a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, finally, besides Loki, you get a good Marvel villain. Mm. And I mean, part of me kind of wonders, is it because the Kate Blanchett is so awesome? Because if you really think about it, she didn't do much. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it was a mixture of the the role she was given and how she played the role. Because even like how she played Hela, I've seen that before, where it's like she's kind of like, I don't know, like. Well, she was like that villain lady from um, Fast and Furious. I mean, you've seen it before, but I feel like she was a better version of it. Like, for example, I take Rita Repulsa. I feel like she was a she was a better she was a better Rita. Exactly. In the Power Rangers movie, like Rita, like the way Kate Blanchett played Hella was what I wanted from Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks yeah. playing You're right. Rita. You're right. Like I felt the menace, the menacing nature of of Hella more so than I felt from Rita. Yeah, she kind of has like like cat. Like I was scared. Like, I was scared of Hella. Oh yeah, when she kills Warriors Three right off the bat and just stabbing people like crazy with infinite infinite knives, like her power was like, you, how you can't beat that? <laughs> but yeah, it's just um, so it was like a combination of how powerful she was and then how she played it. Cause like she's very Catwoman esque, like darling. Like I could see her like twirling her hair and stuff like that in another movie, but like in this, I think it was played well. Um, but yeah, so end of the movie. But yeah, I'm, 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 but going back to your question, I'm, I'm hoping that's not because, like I said, I loved Kate Blanchett oh, yeah. in this role, so I want to see more of her. But at the same time, thinking about the story and what happened, I kind of feel like, well, if she turns out to be alive again, it will kind of make the whole destroying Asgard a waste. But she'd be powerless because mm. she got her power from Asgard, mm. right? Yeah, but then it'd be like, well, then what would be the point of bringing her back then if she's powerless? I mean, Mistress Death and Infinity Gauntlet didn't do anything anyway. <laughs> it's just kind of there. <laughs> yeah, but Mistress Death is still what? Like the she's Death, but she didn't do nothing. <laughs> All she did was give. But that's also, blue balls. <laughs> but yeah, but that's because like that's because Thanos loved her. But yeah, I actually don't think they need. But it. she didn't love Thanos. Like, do you think they? I don't even think they need it. Like that's you don't quiet. need it. Yeah, but I mean, I would still like it. Yeah. I was more as a, as a nod. They didn't bring the the Warriors three back as the Black Order. Kind of like, kind of like, like uh, Mephisto's. I don't think, I don't think there's uh, Mephisto's not going to be it, but I think Loki's going to play that role. Yeah, good point, good point. So by the end of the movie, you know, we get that little touching scene between Loki and Thor. Like he is there now, which I really liked. Oh, um, don't forget. What? Um, when they were um, initiating the Ragnarok, um, it was Loki's job to put what was his name, the head. Oh, uh, Surtur's head Surtur's in the fire. Eternal fi- fire. He but steals. Well, he didn't. They don't show it. No. But he gives a, a side eye to the test record as exactly. he passes it. That's important. So it's assumed, or we've assumed, that he, that he took it. Because by the end of the movie, the post-credit scene, the first one, is what we Thanos' ship shows up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if Loki is holding an Infinity Gem, if he stole the test record, that might be why Thanos was able to track down the Asgardian ship. And that's probably the reason why Thor was thrown out of yeah. his ship. It's probably, and we've seen in, in the leaked Infinity War trailer that mm-hmm. Loki's handing over the Tesseract to Thanos. Mm-hmm. So we can assume that he is, you know, he, he works with Thanos again and Thor is kind of ejected. Mm-hmm. And that's how he runs into the Gardens of the Galaxy in the trailer, maybe. Though he has an eye in the trailer, so we're not sure. Maybe they, just, they digitally edited that out. I would out. say, well, of course, they, they probably didn't want to you know, spoil the ending of, just like in the trailers... 
and when it's like, what what are you the god of? And then you see him with the lightning. He has both mm-hmm. eyes. So, I mean, of course, they didn't want to give that away. Yeah. it's a big spoiler. Uh, and then the last post-credit scene was kind of a throwaway. He was just kind of following up with Jeff Goldblum's. But it was yeah. hilarious. He was like, all right, good revolution. Uh, we'll call it a draw. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? what do you mean? You, know, you need two sides to, you know, to... To revolt? To revolt. <laughs> Me? Yeah. I really liked it. But yeah, so that's, that's the whole Thor Ragnarok. I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping though that now, because I want to see him and uh, Benicio del Toro, because that's his brother, the collector. Yeah, they didn't even mention mm-hmm. that. So I want to see him like maybe go there next, like to that world and hang out with his brother. Now that he pretty much doesn't have his planet anymore, Scar. Exactly. But that be, all being said, what I have to say to wrap this up oh, is boy. to all of you Thor Ragnarok haters out there, why do you hate fun? <laughs> 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 what happened in your life <laughs> that um, you you look at a movie and go? too much fun i don't know man it's too many jokes too many good too many good witty lines it's like again i'm gonna stick this again because it can't be overstated you can't judge a movie by what you think a tone should be if you're gonna say comic accuracy none of the mcu is comic accurate most of the dceu is not comic accurate <laughs> yeah exactly they tried remember like they tried to like combine like multiple comic books into one movie yeah i know what happened exactly but you have to judge it by what tone the movie chose and if they executed that tone well. It's not easy to do a good comedy because mm-hmm. comedy is very subjective. Mm-hmm. This movie, based on critical <laughs> consensus and general consensus about from among fans, aside from the vocal minority, people really enjoyed this movie. So it was well done. It had character beats. It had drama beats that were well done. It had characters that were well done. And the dialogue and the jokes were all witty and clever. So like, in the tone it chose which was a comedy with dark elements, mm-hmm. it did it exceptionally well, I think. We forgot the greatest joke. Oh, the greatest improv you? joke ever. Because <laughs> it was hilarious. The, the, the line where... Um, he turns to Snake. And I love Snake. I love Snake. I found a snake. And I didn't know it was Loki, but it was Loki. When I grabbed it, it became Loki. And he goes, ah, it's me. And then he stopped me. <laughs> <laughs> what? You, you thought at the beginning of that story when he's explaining to Valkyrie why the Loki can't be trusted. <laughs> you thought he was going to be like, oh, he was a snake and he attacked me. But it was like, I love snakes. <laughs> Again, subverting your expectation in that in that improv. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, he's just like, ah, I'm like, it's me. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and it was funny because you saw Tom Hiddleston, you saw a smile. Yeah, exactly. Like, real. Like, I remember yeah, like, He's like, I remember that moment. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's more he was laughing because he yeah, was like absolutely. improv, so he was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. <laughs> but yeah, that, oh my God. Just but I mean, I'm pretty sure because usually like the way things work, like even though the, like because they said they, were, they did a lot of improv in the scenes but the way it works like as an actor I know like it's not like that was like that moment literally came off the cuff no like the first time they did it it was an improv but then they did it again mm. and like like do that again like do that scene again like say it in your own words but like it wasn't an improv like a literal improv like it was something that was worked yeah. like an improv that was worked into the scene so it wasn't like it was Tom like he didn't we wasn't expecting that joke to come like he knew that was coming because they maybe improv did the first first time mm. so it wasn't like it was literally off the cuff oh, okay interesting that little backstory tidbit about how improving works yeah thank you michael <laughs> in terms of film but yeah that's all i have to say about the movie like it was for what it was it was done excellently and i would prefer a great comedy to a boring or shitty drama i'm gonna say that Phoebus. <laughs> well, yeah i was gonna say like you think about keeping with thor like the like you like i don't know it was either you or uh jordan or jamie they said they tried 
being serious in the first two Thor movies. And it didn't really work, especially Mm -hmm. Thor The Dark World. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Dark World in Ah! the title. (laughs) And it was super, they tried to be super ominous and and it was trash. Yeah. (laughs) Same thing with BVS and their heel turn to Justice League. I mean, Mm. it's too serious. Let's try to make this a little bit lighter. And again, for people who are upset about something being comic accurate, it's like throw a dart at a board. Like you pick a comic, you pick an author, an author. The tone changes from comic to comic. Like there's Superman comics. Tone that are funny. changes, art change, yeah, yeah, all of it. There's and there's Superman stories that are dark. It's like it's all comic accurate, and it just depends on how well it's done. That's that's my little my little rant on it. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to add to that? That's it. Perfect vision. Perfect vision. All right. Let's get into DC TV of the week because that. Which one do you want to start first? Let's start with Supergirl. (laughs) (laughs) Because, wow. That was amazing. Yeah, that was a great great episode. Let's talk about Supergirl the Faithful. When you look into the eyes of God, you do not forget. It's not a religion. It's a cult. Experience it yourself. Get out of there right now! We are all going to die. Okay, so right off the bat, what the hell, Michael? What's going on? Why do I like Supergirl? How is this Super, happening? <laughs> Supergirl's coming back. No, I told you why. Because remember, I was the one that all those podcasts the most that liked Supergirl. Then I was like, okay, now they're starting to, and now I'm like, yes, it's getting back to why I like it. The only reason why it's getting better is because episode. they got rid of Mono. I, I am an advocate for that theory because all of last season, all of the worst parts were the fourth relationship oh, no. between her and Mon-El, and even the villain, the villain that was super weak is directly stemming his from Mon-El. Yeah, it's yeah. his mother. And even the first couple episodes in this season, while they were still dealing with the aftermath of Mon-El, those were the weakest. Yeah. I have a, feel, then, I have a feeling he's better. gonna come back though. Because I, I, I don't know if they're still, but uh, they're dating in real life. Yeah. Okay, let them be. Good for you, but don't come back. <laughs> so I, I have a feeling you? he's gonna cut at least, if not no. for several episodes. I have a oh, feeling. I have him... a feeling because I mean they're dating, so eventually he's gonna come to set and be like, "Hey, what's up, baby?" And be like, That's "Okay, kind of like, yeah, like the first season. Fine. Like, let, him, let them have flashback, but don't ever be part of this like current uh, current plot ever." Yeah, kind of like the first season. Remember the? Uh, uh, I wouldn't mind just a one off, just to be like, because he went to the legions of superheroes, right? That's the where, character, yeah. Yeah, so he'll come back with the Legion of Superheroes, and that could be like one or two episodes. But then leave. Go like, my calling is is there, okay, Supergirl. Bye. We're breaking up. See ya. <laughs> I do that. Fuck it. Yeah, but I was going to say, kind of like the first season where you remember uh, Cat Grant's son came yeah. for an episode. That was her husband. Oh. But then they got a divorce. <laughs> and then she ended up with the actor even that was too forced <laughs> so i'm seeing a trend here stop shoehorning in Melissa benoist's life into the fucking show <laughs> god damn it but that's that's old supergirl we're talking about new supergirl now because i think the episodes have gotten better like last week i think like, we gave it a more than passable yeah mm-hmm. i'm gonna say it right off the bat perfect i give this vision. episode perfect vision like the how they handle her having to fight a cult that believes in super yeah, like fight and like, also based on her religion. Yeah, her her the Kryptonian religion. But uh-huh. fighting, having to fight something that she literally can't like physically fight. Fighting faith. Yeah, and it's not even that it's purely negative or ill intentioned. Like, yeah, the main cult member, like the the lead guy that we see in the beginning of the episode, who she saves, which I thought was a cool throwback because she saves him from the first time that she became Supergirl. Yes, I thought that was cool, and he may have like some dark intentions in what he was doing but overall most of the people who are part of that cult are just in that cult because they believe in her 
So it's not even like an evil organization or not a wholly evil organization she has to fight. Not wholly like H-O-L-Y, wholly like H-O-L-Y. W, yeah, 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 I got okay, what you're right. <laughs> okay. You can't spoke in you. No, <laughs> I can't. But but yeah, I'm perfect vision. I mean, we can get into some of the details, but like, what do you think, Michael? Yeah, I, I love this episode. Uh, I like the fact that because cause you don't really see it that much. Like, we always talk about how, like, especially, like, the DC characters, we always talk about how, like, their power level, like, they're gods mm-hmm. compared to, like, you know, like, Marvel superheroes. And they always allude to, like, the fact that, you know, people look at Superman and they call it, like, they call him a god, but they don't ever really, they never really play it up. Well, except in that one movie that they should have played it up, but kind of failed at it. Yes. <laughs> 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 But yeah, they never really play it up. I mean, they they sh- they show it in like the little one scene where like they're reaching out to Superman when he went to go save them, even Oop, though he didn't look dude. he didn't look that happy. Like I just saved your life, but I don't care. He just had like the <laughs> diarrhea face. In his yeah, <laughs> I got, I'm constipated all the time. But yeah, in this in this episode, they find like and and I'm sure he's pretty sure they've had arcs in the comics. Maybe I don't know, but this is the first time I've ever noticed like they actually played up the fact that no, there are people that actually because even in real life, like if you see something like that in real life, people actually worship this person. Yeah. Because what do we what 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 is the actual definition of a god? It's a person that we consider to have way more power than we do, mm-hmm. and that person could vary just like Thor. Thor is an alien, but humans worship him as a god. That's exactly. what the whole god of thunder thing came came from. Yeah. And so. Yeah, if we saw a, a creature like Supergirl, we would call that a god because that's something. Because he even said, "You're something, uh, not uh, not not the cult leader, but Jimmy." Uh, Jimmy Which was, was a like, great scene. Yeah, like, it made me so mad. I'm like, why didn't they keep their relationship going? Because his one little anecdote about how he first met Superman was one of the best little monologues I've seen in Supergirl. I was like, that's some heartfelt shit. Because <laughs> he said, like, you're somebody we like, you're somebody we can touch. You're real. When usually when we pray, no one not, comes. Yeah, no one comes, but you do. Yeah. I, I was like, oh my God, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, yeah, overall, I love, yeah, I love this episode. <laughs> what do you think, Jimmy? Um, so Perfect Vision? Yeah. Okay. None of your religious are you. No. Eh. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm an atheist. I like the idea I'm an, I'm an atheist. God, but not what religion is mostly used for in our society. Okay. So I'm religious. The thing is, like, I usually like when any kind of, like, and when the show talk about religion is mm-hmm. that religion itself is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But it can be very skewered depending on who is using the name of religion. Yeah. And I think we see that side. And not only that, we see for the first time. In a long time, I see Kara struggling, finding out who she is, where she has to find her strength from. Mm. Like even this this episode starts with the religion that used to be so important, that is so important for her culture, mm-hmm. and ends with her praying, and knowing that if anything, the strength will come within herself or something that she believes in. The belief system. I think it was also a cool way to kind of delve into what makes someone believe so fully into something because mm-hmm. when we meet the villain i think it was a, this guy was a great actor the 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 main cult member like the cult leader mm-hmm. he started we, as an asshole we meet him on the, the airplane at first he's he seems like a guy who's lost faith in everything mm-hmm. like he apparently had his wife cheated on him and he's telling some young guy like mm-hmm. I, i've Dollar. been you fucking there's no hope mm-hmm. and then you know when the plant's going down and he's, he's looking drinking. around yeah he's drinking <laughs> he looks he looks around and see everybody like kind of praying to their mm-hmm. gods and then he's supergirl show up to go from that to see someone that had their chal- their, their cup completely mm-hmm. empty, 
having her be the person that he could latch his faith mm-hmm. onto, it filled, com- he filled the cup completely with that faith mm-hmm. and a little bit of a zealot, it went over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, even that, like, I think it, we also see, I don't know, maybe it's just a little too sensitive. The bottom line is that, like, religion is something that a lot of people avoid talking about or, like, making a subject out of. But Supergirl, out of all the shows, did it. It went really well. And not only that, um, the side plot about, um, what's what's her name? The, the, the Rain. Rain. Who? Mm-hmm, you forgot yeah, that, I, didn't I you? Can't th- I, I can't think of the actress. I mean, not the yeah, actress, the but the, character's uh, the character's name. name. I'm just going to call it Rain. So basically, you know, Rain is having some struggle with balancing work and taking care of her daughter. Yeah. And because of that, she starts talking to, you know, all the ladies. Yeah, and then that, and the thing is, like, that's something beautiful to see, like, female characters instead of fighting and being competitive, like, being supportive, trying to help each other. Mm. That was something beautiful to see. To not be professional o- and emotional. Exactly. Yeah. And not only that, we see a single mother struggle. That's real, and I like seeing that. And also, we actually see um, Alex breaking down. Okay. Because we finally, ah, 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 we finally see Alex facing something that she can't change, like, I get it. Like she's in love, she wants to be with the person that she loves, but you can't. There's something that she can't give up. Yeah, that's what I kind of mentioned last week. Where you was like, you kind of feel bad. You kind of be upset if she breaks up with Maggie because of that. But I brought up the point. I was like, but you can't really like. How do you compromise? That's not something you can compromise. That wasn't my issue. My issue was that she, even though we could see on her face that she didn't really, that she definitely wanted kids. Even though she was telling Maggie that she didn't mind. I was saying at the time that I'm like. You're, you're doing yourself and her disservice by lying because we can see that you don't, don't feel that way. That but, but it is a lie. She, you could see her face. Even then, she felt that way. She even says in this episode that the only reason, like she, she agreed to it just so that they could stay together. But what turned me around from me thinking like, oh, Alex, you fickle bitch, to me being like, oh my god, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, Alex, because it's just how heartfelt her delivery, how. In that moment, how conflicted she was when she was explaining to her sister, like, I love this woman, but I can't compromise on this. And the only way we can is if I let it go because she's not going to compromise. Exactly. But you could. You, this could have been done and handled in such a poor way that it did feel like a fickle flip-flop. But the way they did it, I was like, oh, my God, I actually care about Alex. Right. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I'm now, so for once, we get to actually care about what happens with Maggie and Alex. Like, this episode yeah. covered, like, main plot was great. The side plots were great. To end, on top of that, we see, I don't know what happens. I don't know where that lady came from. But we see Rain. We see Supergirl with a genre of horror movie because I screamed. <laughs> she did. It was hilarious. <laughs> you, you did? Yeah. I mean, it was pretty freaky. Like, before, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, like before they get to the stinger of the episode, like the, the cliffhanger at the end, kind of developing rain a little further. Going to this episode, we were always thinking, like, how the hell is this housewife gonna become? And we've seen pictures of what she looks like, like an evil Supergirl. Yeah. The whole plot of this episode was revolving around a, a beacon that the cult leader finds, mm-hmm. and he, like you know, takes like the religious text from blah 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 blah. blah. It's destroyed by the end. But and by in doing, doing so, so, apparently releases some kind of entity that is now like, no, like attaching itself to what are the explosion. No, no, no. The explosion, the explosion uh, powered up. Yeah, powered up her, the, ship the, that, the ship that she came in on. Oh, that's okay. the ship that she came in? So that was the ship? The ship that Rain came in no, on. No, I thought Rain was in a tiny probe. I thought she was, I thought she was in the probe. Yeah. She, she was a baby. In the ship. She was in the probe. She was a baby when she came. Yeah, yeah but she was, a, she was a baby in the ship. 
I thought no, the ship was as big a, as like I, oh, a yeah. single pod person, like a single person. That's ship. what I thought too. But yeah, the ship was the ship wasn't that big. It wasn't Wait. like a massive. At the end of the episode, it, the it was like attached. Like remember when uh when she threw the little like uh the the whatever the the religious thing under into the uh, lava. Yeah, and then like the ship that they showed, it was like a small little with the tubes in it, where the hand came and touched the the front of the tube. Wait, what? No. I thought she would. You... I thought the probe that they destroyed was the ship Baby the Rain came it. in. Yeah, and then when it was destroyed, it activated some other ship that in the ocean some that other we've thing never was, seen that some other person was in. That's why the hand. Nah, hit the glass. I, I, th- I thought the ship that was in the ocean was her, was no, Rain ship. Not, she kind of unclear in... so far, but they didn't yeah. explain it. But the point is. It releases some kind of like psychic entity that like when the rain character closes like a, a glass cabinet and sees a reflection. It's like a horror movie where she suddenly has like all of these, like, all the like, writings this, on her Kryptonian writing her face. And she turns around with, like this weird like it looked like a, a demon ghost yeah. like was like coming out of her. Like, like hollowed like, eyes and shit. I actually wrote down what she said. Yeah. From Rao's fire, fire you are born. Yeah. One day soon you will reign. Like, I was like. You'll reign. Oh, this is good. <laughs> this is more intimidating than any of the villains in any of the other CW shows right now. <coughs> and I'm like how? how? How is Supergirl doing this? <laughs> we were already saying this episode is perfect. And to have that be the stinger was like holy shit, this is more than perfect. <laughs> so, basically, you said everything that I wanted to say, so I guess I give you a perfect vision. It'd be funny, though, if the next episode is like, poor shit. vision, poor vision. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. It's not gonna be as bad as The Flash, though. Because they're building. Like, it's just, it feels like they're actually building to something that's, like, gonna be good. So, if they, if this is all a trick and it's gonna be shitty, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you bastards, you cock teases. But yeah, let's, Let's get into the other DC TV shows. Let's get into The Flash. I should say make one bisexual. Really? Yes. <laughs> well, let's let's yeah, get into vision. the elongate, elongated journey into the night. I know this guy. He used to be a cop. You and your Star Labs nerds better put me back together. You were dirty then, and you're dirty now. Probably has a long list of people that want to toss him off rooftops. Oh, you're seeing this stuff. I finally puked. You got it. And this is the episode that introduces the character that Wally had to leave for, <laughs> the elongated man. Yeah. No. Not a fan. Not a fan. Barry's gonna train him. He I'm, went out of his way to be like, "I will train you." I'm like, yeah. "Oh, we're you're gonna train him?" But not Wally. But not, not Wally. Wally. Yeah. Bye, Wally. <laughs> it's like bitch <laughs> that's how i felt i'm like I, overall i i kind of i liked the episode i was like eh, it's decent enough but just the fact that because this episode was literally the right after wally left yeah. it felt like a slap in the face it did it really did like maybe if this episode came a couple episodes down the line or a little later it wouldn't have felt like it wouldn't have stung as much, but the fact that like it's like oh we get rid of him to replace him with this guy, it was like take that motherfucker. <laughs> and CW writers like give that half-assed excuse of like it's really hard to balance more than one hero at a time. It's like well you're gonna do it now with him, so it's like fuck you. Oh, so you do know that? That's the that's what I was gonna bring up. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah, I did hear that. I'm like you. Bi-. Someone said that to me in a DM. It was like are you gonna keep complaining about Wally leaving now? I'm like yes, <laughs> yes I am. <laughs> But yeah, if I had to give it a rating, less than passable this episode. No. Yeah. Mm. 
That's generous. I give it a passable. I give it a high less than passable, but I give it a poor vision just for that that insight to the face of like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going to train you, buddy. Don't worry about it. I'm like, what the hell? And the thinker, I'm sorry. His plans are still like, buddy, you've got a plan. Just admit it. <laughs> just admit it. You're so... I'll say this right now: Supergirl and Arrow are doing Flash better than Flash. They are. They are. Like yeah. f- right now, Supergirl is doing the the drama of uh, like their villain better, and I would say even the Thinker is a lesser form of the new villain they just introduced Arrow. in Arrow um, and the relationship. Kieran, no, something. Uh, Sounds like Kate. Uh, Kate and yeah, James. Yeah, he seems more like a credible thinker like a, than like more thinker. of like a intellectual villain than the thinker does and then beyond that they're doing the dynamic between the hero and the mentor you know oliver and diggle way better than barry and wally on the fucking flash it's it's killing me but yeah i never liked okay it's not that i never liked it i was always iffy about flash with this episode i gave it poor vision like this what was the point of this episode elongated man okay well you know uh the Uh, what Machete, he, he's he's in this episode, and him and Cisco, he oh hunts Cisco. Oh my god, Cisco finally learns her name, Cynthia. Okay, <laughs> elongated man. The whole it felt really forced and awkward comedy that I didn't really enjoy. I wasn't laughing. I'm like, okay, okay. And I'm not really feeling the comedic tone of the Flash this season. It's no. too much. Like I get they're trying to do a throwback to season one, but it's like, I I feel like there's no stakes to anything, and there's no like real character developing moments. I'm really feeling. I'm really on my phone watching anything, but I was on my phone the whole time, <laughs> and I'm not a person to actually like hold my phone and like do stuff. You tell me that this the really emotional scene where what Joe reveals to Barry that Cecile's pregnant and they have like a really weird cigar commercial <laughs> that's what yeah, I was what like I text you I was like I what the fuck is this I thought it was a commercial like I thought it was a commercial really we yeah. see the same cigar like, I didn't know yeah I didn't know the episode and- came back I thought it was a like they were doing like a CW commercial then they cut to the next scene I was like wait that was part of the show <laughs> no that like those cigars actually do come back to the legend yeah, they do it in Legends. But oh, even, yeah, yeah. But even it didn't feel like this felt like like it literally felt like a commercial. There was like no dialogue. They moved Just in slow music. motion <laughs> with the music play. I thought it was a cigar. Then they like opened the cigar box and you got to see the logo. I was like, I thought it was a cigar commercial. It would have been nice if they were actually like, aren't you kind of old to have a son? Like, aren't you kind of old to have a kid now, Joe? Like anything, which is like, no, everything's awesome. We're having a baby, even though it's like as old as my grandson. Like... <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I really Poor don't vision. like it. And yeah. I, I still don't understand what the point of that is. Like, why even introduce that element? Poor vision. I agree with both of you guys. But I give it a low passable because I actually liked the elongated man. Like, I liked the character. So I liked seeing his... Right. And I liked the actor. So seeing... And seeing his interaction with Barry and stuff like that. Like, I liked... I enjoyed that aspect of it. So because I found some level of enjoyment, it wasn't just... Oh, I hate this because granted, I, I hated a lot of shit in this episode. But because I had that level mm-hmm. to to you know hold on to, that's why I give it a low a low passable. But I've seen that kind of character before so many times, you know. Like, yeah, you've seen it before, but the but asshole with the heart he, gold. He, exactly, he's like <laughs> he bends a rule in order to get shit done. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's like truth of the matter is, for the most part. You've seen because nothing like this. Like the saying is, nothing's new under the sun. It's true. So like you've seen everything before. It's just depending on how you do it. 
So even the way he did it, so like he's literally a replacement of Wally. Why is he the replacement? Well, yeah, that's why I was saying like because this episode came right after, it, like it felt like a slap in the face. But I mean, I still enjoyed that character, so that's why I say I'll give it a low passable. Because I didn't dislike everything. You know, I'd give it a high, less than passable. Just for that one scene that I, I thought was really funny where um, Cisco's talking to Machete, Breacher, whatever his name is. And he's like, uh, do you hunt all of her boyfriends? It was yes. Like, yes. It was like, have they gotten away? Like, or where are they? Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It was like, oh, so they got away. I don't like, know what happens when you, de- when you die. <laughs> yeah, that line. I don't know where you go when you die. It was like, oh. <laughs> Even I don't know why he just was like, Help, 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 help. Like, I'm going to just scream like, to go her. go to Gypsy. It was like, your dad right. is trying to kill me. Yeah. Gypsy, help, 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 help. Well, yeah, yeah, but even then, like, because I like Cisco. I, th- I thought that was funny, like, to see that. Because, obviously, we didn't think he was really kill- killing people. That's, like, the typical dad thing. Oh, you got a new boyfriend? Time to intimidate them. Yeah, but then that, that resolution, that whole thing was stupid, too. Because then he goes after Plastic Man, or Elongated Man. Well, that was a, stupid. He's yeah. a plastoid. And then Cisco you killed my race. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? And then like Cisco stands up to him, and then he respects him. But it's like, why didn't he respect him when he captured him the first time? He stood up to him there. You know what I mean? It's like, why are you, now are you choosing to be like, now I respect you? It's like, he was already fucking fighting you. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> you usually give things like last and passable poor vision when you complain this much about it. I do give it a poor vision. I said a high less than passable, mm. but for the slap in the, the cock slap to the face at the end, because okay. like, I'll train you. Fuck you, poor vision. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah that. that was definitely a slap in the face. Like, I, I hated that moment. Because again, I texted you after. Because I didn't see it. I didn't see it live. I saw it like the next day. Mm. I went and watched it on DVR. And I was just like, really? <laughs> really? And then uh, if I was watching so you Flash. Got rid, you got rid of Wally to replace him with this, uh, you know, this new guy. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with speed. Mm-hmm. That has no bearing or connection to your powers or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. Not even your because I mean, technically speaking, Wally is your brother. And then a half-assed explanation of why he was useful at the end of like, well, I got hit once with some vibe power, so I can't run my top speed to jump up there and grab Joe. So could you stretch? Impossibly long. He, he's been on the ground floor. He stretched his arm up to a helicopter and is was able to hold it. Holding it? Yeah, because he doesn't have. Su- I mean, as super far as power. I know, he doesn't have super strength. No, he doesn't. He can just stretch. So it's like, and first of all, how, then, how far is the can flash? You how you you're running on his arm without slipping? Yeah, it's, it's like what this <laughs> convoluted. Like, if you're gonna have those fucking convoluted ass ways to make the elongated man work in this fucking show, where's your excuse with Wally? You don't got to knock them out. You have to work together. <gasps> Novel, isn't it? Or don't have them work together. Do it. And that's another thing. If, Arrow, if Flash was in a vacuum, it'd be one thing. But having Arrow, like, airing, like, the next, like, yeah, next day a, or whatever. Like, Oliver has, like, 30 sidekicks, and they all pretty much do the same shit. Yeah, but, I mean, like, in terms of don't have Wally and Barry being used in the same role of, like, I'm the hero, I save the day, or whatever, like... Use Barry to be the like like how Oliver is right now on the team, where he's yeah. kind of playing the background character and being the words of wisdom and inspiration and motivation for the other characters. Have Barry be that, especially when again the goal of this season was supposed to be make Barry smarter. He's smarter, wiser, blah 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 blah. He's a pillar of the team. Great. Arrow is doing it so much better because it's not even Barry like Oliver going, "I'm gonna step in and do it." They even kind of play up that where he's like, he'll he'll give like a speech and be like, "Oh." old habits and he'll let the team do their own thing it's like not only that he actually they actually stuck to the episode of diggles being arrow yeah and they didn't even follow up now an arrow but they didn't follow up with the drug thing no 
So it's like they're actually giving some room for that character growth to happen. Yeah. Which is like, why is the Flash so afraid of that? Why is it so afraid to let things change or like let things that they do change kind of sit for a little bit before they change it again? Yeah, because I mean, I get it. It's Barry's show. So ultimately, he's going to be the lead, the Flash. But even then, like it's Oliver's show, but they still let him step back. Yeah. It's like, why Why can't you do the same thing? Like, like, it's for the growth it's, it's of the been, other characters. Yeah, it's, it's four seasons already. Like, we've seen Barry be Barry. Mm-hmm. We, so it's we like, have let, enough strong side characters to let them... They can actually lead their own stories, too. Yeah, it's not some, like we're getting some, rid of Barry completely. How yeah, about some episodes you have Barry, he's he's busy with the wedding arrangements, and him and Iris are off doing their own thing, and it's like, I can't be the Flash mm-hmm. as often as I need to be. Wally, now it's up to yes. you to do that. Do the same thing Arrow is doing, but they're not. Yeah, kind of like, well, yeah, Oliver's the mayor, so it's like, I can't really, and then I also have a kid, do the same thing. Yeah, like you said, he's focused on getting his marriage together and all of that shit. We already got a Flash. Be the Flash. Exactly. If, and you, if, if you need, fails, if you, Yeah, if you need me, I'm here. Call me. And not even just to help, but also just help in terms of, like, motivating him. Run, Wally, run. Yeah, come on, where's that line? Like, they said it once. Fuck you guys. <laughs> But yeah, so like I, I kind of want to get an arrow. But anything else about the Flash this, this, this week? I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> She's like, I'm oh, done. Da- oh damn, <laughs> I'm yeah. done forever. <laughs> you want to see the Adventures of Josh and Cynthia? <gasps> that joke was so stupid. What's your name, Josh? Josh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, I get. All right, guys. All right, let's move on. Let's get into this week's episode of Arrow Reversal. Are you waiting for someone? Is it too cheesy if I say you? You will lower or seduce the guy and then kill him. What do you guys think? Black Siren turned Black Widow? You've changed something about yourself. I just can't put my finger on it. Right off the bat, I want to say that now I caught up. So I, I watched the episode that I fell asleep in last episode. Yeah. Great right. episode. Told Perfect told vision. You. Told, you. told you. Oh my God. And so I just want to right off the bat to say some things I really liked. The spe- they do it again in this episode with Arrow and Felicity, where Arrow is a voice of like motivation for her, and again saying like, w- "Fucking, they are saying we are Arrow, and it fucking works." Meanwhile, fucking, we are Flash. Get the fuck out of here. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but he's telling Felicity that we are Arrow, motivating her. Mm-hmm. Telling Diggle that we are Arrow in the last mm-hmm. episode, motivating him. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, the fucking action is great. Ooh. The the fight choreography is the, the on point. Scene? The, the, there's the, a scene in this episode where like there's, there's like a like a, a, a one shot one shot with, continuous um, battles happening yeah all with over Green the Arrow versus Black Siren and then in the background you have like the other characters fighting mm-hmm, their own battles but it's shot so fucking beautifully mm-hmm. but in the last episode the, that car the scene car yeah scene, that car scene yeah oh my god that scene is amazing I'm like yo this is a badass action scene right here I don't know how you fell asleep yeah, well I fell asleep before that <laughs> I was tired leave me alone you're trash yeah. poor vision Jordan uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god I am the poor vision <laughs> but yeah this episode I mean I, I give it a it's not a, a high more than passable perfect vision I really enjoyed it I mean what did you guys think I'm not gonna get into my own thoughts like what do you guys think about it what would I rate it uh, now <laughs> Some things were weird. Like it opened with Black Siren. You didn't realize that she was being a hitman at first, but she's like using seduce. her sex to seduce men and kill them. I and mean, my thing is like, 
if your whole thing is you're just gonna yell at them to kill them, just yell at them. Yeah, why even have the whole like uh, I'm gonna why, lure you outside? I was gonna say, well, she gotta get them alone. She can't do it in the middle. But even then, the she can't do it in a party. Them, well, the second the person was in the party by themselves. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was like why even have the banter? Just go, hey, what's up? You <laughs> 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 okay? Oh, I pulled my back. Oh wow, just laughing. It's crazy. <laughs> High more than passable. Yeah, I get, I get, I'll give it a high more than passable. Yeah. I don't know if I'll give it a perfect. Yeah, I, I say high more than passable because it wasn't as good as last week's episode, but it was still strong. Elise's back. Yeah, I, and that's another thing. I really like the listening moments. How it was feel nice. Now. Mr. Terrific's like, I was your biggest shipper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not just like Felicity relying on Oliver's or vice versa it's more about you know like they're doing their own thing but then when they need each other they look for each other mm-hmm. it's it's a functional healthy relationship that I'm seeing yes. and for once because Oliver is being a helicopter boyfriend Felicity gets mad it's like I leave me that. alone <laughs> like what the fuck I followed you why <laughs> <laughs> I was worried he's, he's like you you messed this up and he's like Where oh like you saw the look on his face he's like yeah, oh my oh, bad my bad sorry <laughs> but at first I was kind of annoyed because I was like oh so we're gonna do like a whole Felicity subplot but then the subplot directly tied into to the what, main plot the main plot and also it's a consequence of the decision that she made in the previous season yes so there's still consequences uh-huh. for their actions in the past season coming back it all comes together in a loop yeah take note Flash what the fuck <laughs> there are no consequences See? from last season none none not they, they even made a point this episode to be like and Flash would be like, oh, you erased your mom's murder case. Like, yeah, it's solved. We're done with that. Like, yeah. oh, okay, all right. I guess you moved on. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that anymore. I'm not emo no more. All right, yeah. whatever. Like, Arrow does a good job of, you know, like, all of are still being all of The thing is, he's going off, he's gonna go off on his own mission of helping Slade. Mm-hmm. So he's still gonna be in the show, but not with the team. And that's oh, next o- episode. Yeah. yeah. But that's okay. And they said it in a really good way. It's like, he has a thing to do. She has a thing to do. Like, everybody has their own job to do or own team. And we see that. And that's okay. I think that's even better. Mm-hmm. But, but even in a preview, it, does, it doesn't look like he suits up, though. Like, it, like when he went to go help Slade from the next episode. Grant, I know we're talking about the next episode. We didn't even see it yet. Yeah. But he, he was in his, he was still like, he was like mayor, mayor queen. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, granted, he's still more than likely going to fight. But you see him still trying like being mindful of the fact that he's being watched mm-hmm. so he i mean even though he wants to you know do like kind of like with the felicity thing like you see him going back to his old old habits like he's still you know i mean it's part of who he is i mean that's why yeah. i like that one scene where at the end of the mission just skipping to the end mm-hmm. he, he's kind of addressing the team and like telling them what they each need to do yeah. now that Caden James has been real and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then he stops himself. Yeah. Oh. And he's like, oh, you know what? Old habits. You guys take care of it. Yeah. And he's like, like, thank you. And literally he becomes the guy in the chair. Yes. I love that I too. I love that. I'm like, oh my that God. That was hilarious. <laughs> and the thing is how he does it, he covers his, oh, this thing is so easy. Even William can do it. But it's, he was still messing up. It was like, oh, yeah. learning curve. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. Like, you see, once again, like, that itself is Oliver like serving different roles and this learning experience for him is challenge for him and that's good. And his comedy but Flash can't do it. But his com- like, you know, Flash is trying to comedy. be more a comedic tone. Uh-huh. But Arrow is still having comedy elements in it and it's doing it better. Yes. Absolutely. And yeah, that it'll be nice to see like if if both Barry and Iris were the people in the chair cuz Barry has the most field experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let him step back and be like, "You know what? You guys have been doing your thing." 
and while let him I was gone. let him talk Wally through those. We're making a better show, show but <laughs> let him talk to Wally. talk Wally through like any kind of challenges he has in the field. Like Harrison Wells yes. in season one would talk to Barry, yes. feel the Barry lightning. Ride. Remember that scene where he yes, I know. Like, feel the lightning, feel uh-huh. the breath. Like he could be having those moments yes. while he through the intercoms. Or but like no. how Oliver talked to Diggle when she's like, like you never had moments of doubt. He's like, no, I, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time. And, and he talk- recognizes when they brew. It's uh-huh. like that's where I was. I'm here to kind of like help you because I need help then too. And talk to Felicity too. Felicity, how you do it all by yourself? Like I, I didn't. You were there. But it's like, no. Wally's like, I'm about to leave because I'm kind of depressed right now. Barry's like, all right. Deuces. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Oh, God. So So trash. And again, the thinker, I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Keaton James, that whole plot. He's menacing, too. There was no moment where he came out and said, I'm hacking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, his very, uh, I was kind of laughing. This is why I don't think it's perfect. Maybe it's more impassable because, like, there were moments where it was like, so they they took the fingerprint of three people to, to get access the to the internet room. Yeah. <laughs> There's a room that is the, the internet. internet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's kind of weak. <laughs> we're good. So if you break like a one of the like the one of the uh, the database things, it's like, so is that like half the internet gone? Like, how's yeah. that work? <laughs> that's like the affinity gauntlet. You snap that. You snap the finger, and half the population. I'm like, so what happens if like, whatever? There's an internet room. Fine. <laughs> But it turns out like they, they were, it was all a subversion. It was to make you believe that his plan was to attack the internet, the internet and destroy it. Instead. Yeah, which would cause a bunch of problems because mm-hmm. our site's run by the internet. But it was actually just to get access oh. to the vault, which is all that information that Felicity had mm-hmm. and that weird little subsystem from the last season. Yes. Which is like has information about everybody and everything mm-hmm. and, like, and it's super important. Yes. So it was like, oh, I didn't even see that coming. Uh-huh. We're like, oh, so you just want access to the vault. That was cool. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the way he plays, like his intelligence, is he's very menacing. Yes, absolutely. Gary, do you like the yeah. Kane James actor? Yeah, I like Caden James. Okay. Like, I was like, Caden James, who the fuck is that? But I'm like, I'm like, I'm interested. I'm like, he's better thinker than the thinker. What the yeah, fuck? He, he's, he's their version of the thinker. Yeah. But better. But better. <laughs> but yeah, but better. The reason why I didn't give it high, more than, more than high more than high more than passable (laughs) (laughs) are you sure you're more than high (laughs) more than high more than passable (laughs) the reason why i didn't get perfect vision is because supergirl had a me had a moment of me going oh my god oliver yeah he did a good job like everything was really fun to watch but like i didn't have that oh moment Mm, okay yeah, the Supergirl was like, <gasps> yeah. why is it so good? <laughs> I don't know Stephen Amell is probably enjoying it because he gets time off because he's not in every scene. Oh, yeah, good mm-hmm. point. So, I'm But his sure. presence is still felt. And that's what I think like the Flash needs. Like, you want to have Barry in every scene to have his presence felt. Because I know a lot of times like these actors get like worn out, like the, like especially like the ones that are the main star that they have to be in every single scene, mm-hmm. working 14-hour days and stuff like that. Like, I know that's like K.J. Oppa from... Uh, Riverdale, he got into a car accident because of that. Like, like from being tired? Because, yeah, because he, he's in like in basically every single scene working 14 hours a day. Oh, shit. So, like, yeah, he got, he was like driving home one day. And they don't, that's another thing, which I didn't even know. They, they don't, uh, they don't allow them to have a car service for some reason mm. on these shows. Why? I don't know. They don't, but they don't let them do it. Cause even, uh, so you have to drive on your own? Even what's his face from, uh, Smallville actor. What's his name? The actor. The main guy? Super, Clark? Superman. 
Tom Wellington. Yeah, Tom Welling. Tom, Tom Welling. Welling. Tom Welling. They even talked about that. Like there were times where he would drive home. He would be like dozing off because I watched the interview. That's with him. crazy. So like a lot of the main actors, because they was like, if like Superman is about to die, like he's going to die. Yeah. If, and if Superman dies, we have no show. So like they took a pay cut to force the studio to give him a car service. To get an Uber, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is before the Uber didn't exist back then. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, so yeah, like I I know Stephen Amell is like happy to have the time off because because yeah, like I said, KJ Opper, he was like, yeah, I, I was drained and like I'm driving home and I like fell asleep. Thankfully, I'm okay, but like wow. I should have I should have at least pulled over and just went to That'd sleep. Be fucking cheap, CW. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> damn. I know you had no budget for special effects and shit on Supergirl anymore, but fuck, give him give him a car service. But moving on, before we move on to Legends tomorrow, I just want to make a quick note. I thought it was really funny that the entire subplot for the last two episodes have been Felicity and Mr. Terrific trying to figure out what their startup company's gonna yeah. be. Yeah. Though I really like the dynamic. I love Mr. Terrific as the gay best friend of Felicity. Their banter is hilarious. I know he's not he's not really, you know, independent or cool, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's still funny. But the just the, the moment of Revelation. Also, I also wish oh. they would finally fucking address his hair situation. Yeah. Oh, but they they, they just pull it back now. They don't do cornrows yeah. anymore. But even still, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> From the front, when he pulls it back, it does look like Because even pulling it back, you need... I mean, you don't really necessarily see his him with like a bow tie or anything like that. It looks like he's gelled it back. Yeah. But then the very next scene, it's like gel's Poof. gone. Yeah. <laughs> Did you wash your hair? <laughs> no, just... Step fingers like that now. I'm Medusa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but like the, just the epiphany moment they had of like, oh, we should totally make our business about that miracle of science you put in my spine to make me not handicapped anymore. I'm like, fucking duh! Yeah. You made a miracle of science. You made a handicapped person who's paralyzed able to walk again, and you cannot figure out that maybe you should sell that. <laughs> you should mass mass produce that. Yeah. I was like. Really, guys? <laughs> yeah, neither one of them thought that, yes! though. <laughs> Fucking the, the villain girl had to be like, why don't you guys do that? They're like the two oh, smartest. Yeah. Like, in, in terms of that, where I would, well, I would think uh, those Cisco, Felicity, and uh, Curtis are like the three smartest people in the world, more or less. Yeah, basically. So I, I kind of wish they would play that up more because in the comics, Mr. Terrific is the third smartest person in the DC universe. I mean, to be fair, he cured paralysis. Yeah, but they don't, they don't, they don't <laughs> so, play it. I feel like they don't play it up as much. I, I agree with you. But, all right, let's move on. Let's get into the Legends of Tomorrow. Phone home. I'm in the paper, and I'm dead. There's a whole lot more where that came from. I think I know what kills me. Ah! I'm here to save your life. <laughs> awesome costumes. It's an it E.T. parody, guys. I mean, to be <laughs> not, even just, not even just ET. They, do, they throw a lot of 80s. It's, it's all 80s references. Yeah. I mean, it came on Halloween, right? Huh? It came on the day of Halloween? Did, did it come on Halloween? No, yeah, Halloween. Tuesday. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Halloween yeah. is Tuesday. So it makes sense. You know, like it's, it was 80s and then, you know, it had like scary horror movie element, which was the aliens. Yeah, Ray finds the baby Dominator, which I think yeah. it's cool they brought that back. Brought the Dominators back, kind of. Mm hmm. But, you know, he finds the Baby Dominator in kind of like a Pennywise fashion. He mm -hmm. ends up trying to take care of it like an E.T. type fashion and ends up being abducted by the evil government organization like E.T. Like e or X-Files, yeah. I mean, you know, it was okay. This show <laughs> it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. I like this episode. Better, you than, liked the it? Yeah. Better than The Flash. That I don't know. Some of it is too cheesy for me. Even like <laughs> when they did like the, the full-on E.T. flying on the bike moment, I was like, <laughs> 
Come on, really? That was campy. It was so very, it, yeah, it was very campy. That's why I liked it. Yeah. Because <laughs> basically, like the episode, like to me, it felt like a love letter to the 80s. Yeah. It started its purpose. They do that a lot recently, though. They keep like doing like 80s. love letters to fandoms, like Star Wars and stuff like that, Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I, This worked better than yeah, I like, others. Yeah, 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 I like this episode. I agree with that. And it... uh. It kind of pushed Ray's storyline a little bit. I did like a little bit of his character development where he realized he was too optimistic. Mm-hmm. Like he mm-hmm. and he tried to like relay that to his younger self. It's mm-hmm. like you know you gotta start living in the real world because you know shit happens. <laughs> but then what's her face? The new vixen kind of undercut that and was like, no, 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 you know we're gonna be fantasy warriors or knights or whatever. It's like, bitch, I just told him. <laughs> Thank you. That's why I'm like this. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, I mean, it was it was all right. It was weird that the mother dominator was like horny for Citizen Steel. Yeah, what was up with that? I, I get there's an illusion, but it's like, why was she trying to fuck him? Like, I don't. <laughs> she I don't. Th- I don't think she was really trying. I think it was just more or less to try to I seduce him you. to get information because she was trying to find a baby. Mm-hmm. Really? Because before no, Vixen knew. jumped in there, she was like straddling him and like. I don't know how much. That's what I was saying. I think it was. Yeah, she was trying like, to seduce him to get information because she she was trying. She was looking for a child. Right, and out. last <laughs> last she heard the child was at that at uh, Ray's house, but mm-hmm. then she gets there, it's not there. So then the first person you see knock on the door, and she's like, "Give me this information, Daddy. I'm gonna show you my pussy." I mean, I don't know how much information you're gonna get when your tongue's down the down mayor's throat. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's like she's gonna go really far to get the information. <laughs> I was like, eh, all right, that's kind of odd too. <laughs> Fan service. Well, yeah, definitely like, fan service. Yeah, definitely fan service. But one thing I did like about this episode was the subplot. Not the end of it, but the subplot of them thinking Dr. Stein was a traitor mm-hmm. because he's been like going off, like doing weird communications to mm-hmm. the outside of the ship mm-hmm. and he's been like taking the ship for leaves without anybody <laughs> telling anybody. And it turns out, I, my daughter is pregnant! <laughs> Yeah, which I knew like I knew that was the angle they were gonna go like from the moment it happened he's leaving right well not even that but because in the uh, they kind of gave it away in the previously on Legends of Tomorrow and then they showed his daughter I was like oh okay so that's where we're going Yeah. so as soon as they showed him like leaving the show I'm like he's going to see his daughter it was just weird to me that Jax immediately thought he was a traitor I'm like you can't feel some more emotions there bro with the psychic link and tell that he's not being duplicitous that he's actually you know worried about his family. They, they never really established how the psychic. At one moment, they keep like, I can tell you're depressed because such and such reason. Then another moment, it's like, something wrong, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Like, we have a psychic link, but I don't know. It's like, they always, they need to come up with some rules behind. No, they don't, because now it's over. They're just going to basically sever separate, that link yeah. and separate Firestorm. Yeah. So, I don't know how they're going to play that in the future, but. I guess he's going to be able to turn the Firestorm by herself without needing Stein. It'd be cool if they brought back, um. What's his face? Rory. Rory? What? That's his, no, that's not Rory. Rob, Robbie. Robbie. Yeah, Robbie Amell to be the other half. Because they do that in comics where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, two but of he's, them. Yeah, he's, but he's, he's doing another show right now. So, no, so that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, what would you rate it? Since you liked it, I'm going to ask you first. Mm-hmm. How would I rate it? Uh, I would give it a passable. Give it a low passable. Possible. Yeah. Solid. I was very indifferent to it. I wasn't like, ah, rage. I was just like, eh, all right. <laughs> Even the Firestorm thing, like, that kind of pissed me off. I was like, I saw this coming already, so whatever. And they barely use Firestorm anyway, so it's not like, I'm like, oh, no, Firestorm. <laughs> 
you see him once in a blue moon. Well, part of me is like, but they're on a time ship. So how do you like? He's like, oh, my daughter's giving birth right now. But it's like, no, but you're through time. Like, so it's Latin right now. Yeah. All right. And let's get into our spoiler talk for Stranger Things season two. So spoilers, right? Yeah, now we're in spoilers. We can talk about plot points. We talk about the characters and how they change, how maybe Elle was introduced this season. But I'll say it right now. I'm just going to do it real quick. I think the last three episodes of the season is where the season actually took off. We literally stopped right before the action. Things like, were getting real good. Yeah, yeah right before yeah. it ramped up. So I think made it made the show as good as it is this season. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, before, what was that? More than passable? I think with the last three episodes, I would say it's perfect vision. Yep. I really enjoyed the last three episodes. Yeah, yeah, parts of the first six, there were some slow moments. But, you know, that's kind of what you have to take with these Netflix series. So the, the last three episodes, I think it was an awesome conclusion. Uh, I still give it a more than passable only because I liked the first. I still, even with that, I still like the first season better. So I would say, really? I would say perfect vision for the first season. I don't know if I like the first season better. I actually did like a poll on my um, Instagram page. I think it's at like a sixty percent for season two and forty percent for season one right now. I think I like the pacing of the first season better than the second one. So I might agree with that because there was more learning about um, like the world upside monsters. down yeah. and still, power. Yeah, there was still more like novelty to the world. But I mean, the last three episodes, the episode that we, the episode we stopped right before. Uh, the last three was going into uh, Elle's backstory mm-hmm. and like finally following up with that scene in the first episode in the beginning I'm like oh there's other test subjects so we finally meet the other girl I forgot her name what's her name? Kala? Kala? Kali? Whatever her name is I, I like their relationship because I thought right away oh she's gonna be a villain but by the oh. end of that episode, you realize that she, she genuinely, heart- yeah, she was heartbroken that mm-hmm. L left, and she was she genuinely cared about her as a sister. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, because because out of out of between L and and uh, and Kala, like L was like younger, mm-hmm. so like Kala remembers Eleven, yeah, more or less, and so having her come back, whereas whereas L, she doesn't, well, Jane, she doesn't really remember her. Also, more, I feel like because you're older and you experience that kind of trauma, you're you have more regret about it, but you're also angrier about it. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like more of like a slight against you as opposed it's to It's also younger. about the crowd that you are with when you are going, you are trying to overcome the trauma too, is that it doesn't look like Kali was with the people who are as supportive as the people that Elle met when she was going through the trauma. She may have seemed like she had met a family, but then like, they but then got they died or died something, or something yeah. happened. Something traumatic happened again. Yeah. 
So, you know, like that, of course, makes her more defensive, more bitter. Whereas mm. Elle, luckily, right after she escaped, you know, she meets all the kids mm-hmm. and they're all nice. So, like, she still has more, like, faith in humanity almost in a way. And more importantly, a new father figure in um, Hopper. In Hopper, yeah. Which was a great, like, it felt so much like the Logan X23 relationship at points. Yeah, because at the first, you know, he's really grumpy and toward the end, he kind of softens a little bit. Like, the conversation even, in the car? Mm hmm. Yeah. Bitchin'. Yeah. <laughs> Your hair is really bitchin'. bitchin'. <laughs> sure. <laughs> bitchin'. <laughs> but it's just like, I, I love that conversation because it felt so authentic where he's mm-hmm. like, that was stupid. I've made mistakes. We both made mistakes. Yeah. We both broke, broke the rules. Yeah. Just like with Loki and Thor, they both kind of understood you a little bit better mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah. I, I like, I like, I like, uh, but I always liked the, the relationship that they built, that they started establishing between Hopper and Eleven. Got a little aggressive there at a point. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's usually, you know, a family dynamic. You always, you always have arguments. Yeah. Especially if you're dealing with a, because usually you see the teenagers always, it's like, I hate you, mommy, and stuff like that. But you're dealing with a child that has fucking power. So, <laughs> like, of course she's going to use her power. I mean, she kind of went like Hulk in a little bit. was just throwing things. Yeah. In a temper tantrum. What were you say? What were you going to say? I don't know. I mean, granted, I don't. I've heard of those, like, family dynamics, but I've never had it. Like, I've never seen it. Like, I've only seen that kind of, like, I hate you, slam the door, and, like, you get back here. Like, that kind of dynamic, I've never seen it or experienced it in my life. Oh, I Other have. than seeing TV. <laughs> you never had some teen angst when you were a kid? No. <laughs> oh, I never did. Oh, well, you're a good kid. <laughs> I was a good kid. But the bottom line, if anything, I feel like their struggle, like, them them struggling being, communicating is the fact that first, L has a zero social skill. She's still learning mm. how to, like, form words and sentences. Mm. She's still learning how to... She doesn't even know what she feels half of times. Mm-hmm. Whereas Hopper doesn't know how to be a father, period. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know if it's about, you know, like, the her being, like, a teenager and whatnot. It's more about it comes down to a fundamental inability to communicate properly and serve a role that you're supposed to role. Mm. Okay, that's fair. Um, I mean, how do you feel about the, the Dacker Montgomery by the end and his character? Oh, actually, we need to talk. Uh, yeah, you're not getting away with this because Jamie has some issues with Max as a character. By the end, I actually really liked Max. I thought she was a good foil to Elle's character as being like the normal female character in the group. And she had to not only earn her place in the group, but also earn her place while there was just a shadow of someone else who was like way more amazing and fantastic than she could ever be. So that dynamic with um Max and Mike... I thought was played really well. And by the end, her character coming full circle and actually being the only person to stand up to her big brother when, uh, what's his name? Steve's getting his ass beat by Dacker Montgomery. Poor Steve. Steve. (laughs) He tries so hard. Steve's like a dad figure. He was like a daddy figure the whole time to the kids. Yeah. I I really liked her. I I really liked her place in the group by the end. I felt like she had earned her place, especially when she gives Dacker Montgomery that look. Like at, at the very end where she's like, yeah, I think you say something. <laughs> like, I own your ass, and you better fucking respect me now. He's like, all right, yeah. He made, he made, she made him do the same thing his father, who's borderline abusive, makes him do, which is, like, um, talk to him with respect. So that was kind of, like, a way to put him on a leash the same way his father does. I think like he might have some character development in the next season. Maybe. 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 <laughs> the only good thing that I saw in Max is the fact that her insight of... 
acknowledging that she is part of this abusive cycle that she has to get out. And mm. that's why she was trying to distance herself from her brother. Mm. Other than that, trope, weak, insecurity, unnecessary, disappoint. Yeah, that's Jamie's whole thing. She thinks Max is an un- un- unnecessary character. How'd you feel about that, Michael? I mean... Yes and no. I mean, I get the trope because I remember you said, what was it, last week that we talked Stranger yeah. Things or whatever mm-hmm. week that we talked Stranger Things, that you didn't necessarily like the fact that you you know, you know, introduced her for her to be the love interest. But then at the same time, I mean, technically speaking, they did that with L11 and Mike. True, true. But Eleven has more <laughs> I will to say, though, get plate. yourself a guy, like, a, a guy like Mike. He is loyal. Guys, <laughs> He's like, got me, bitch. He thought. <laughs> I always love L. I only got eyes for L. <laughs> and then when she actually came back, that was that uh-huh. moment was so epic. Where they're waiting for the uh, the the, the, the demi dog, the demi dogs, yeah, to attack, and it gets thrown through the window, and then the door slides and open. I knew it the moment. Yeah, like, I knew the dog it. Got I knew it. Yeah, I knew it the moment. So, I'm Jordan. dumb. Yeah, I'm the only guy. I was like, was it a bigger demi gorgon? What did it? And even when even when the obvious like the the sucking the, the lock slides uh-huh. up, I was still like, "Oh, they got sucking powers now." Wow. I'm like, oh, "What? Shut up, man!" <laughs> really? It was like so obvious. Soon as as soon as you heard the noise, like okay. I was like, oh, "They go, there's 11. Nope. Okay. But hey, it was better for me because that reveal for me was like, "Is <laughs> It was good that I was dumb in that moment. <laughs> Okay. And you saw like Mike's face. I was yeah. like, "Yo, he loved Jordan, that girl." Jordan, dumbest Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> Go sulk. Go sulk. The <laughs> 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 monster. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, all right. That hurts. Wait, <laughs> oh, what were we saying? What were we saying? I don't remember. <laughs> I, don't, I like. I, I don't like. I thought that was just a badass moment with that. No, that you, he asked you a question about Max and Max. her usefulness. And you said yes and no about Max being nothing but love interest. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, I mean. You, L wasn't used the same way. Kind yeah, because I, I mean, also said L brings way more to the plate and the plot than Max. The plot, but, that, the but that's plot. also because for the most part the show revolves around L. The show doesn't revolve around Max. So if L so, the main if the main character can serve multiple roles, if you're a side character and your main goal, your main purpose of being there is a love interest, especially if you're a female, I kind of I'm sick of it. I'm it's sorry, not just I'm a love interest. She's also there because one, the kids are the best part of these shows, and they they lost the novelty of um, the kids being surprised by any of this because now they've experienced it in the last season. So a lot of times, Max would serve as the like, what kind of crazy bullshit is this person? Like, and you need to have that one person to have those reactions, you know, because it kind of just fleshes out the plot a little bit better. I, and I think it was interesting to have her be there for those moments because eventually she does earn her place. The only time that she actually goes, what kind of bullshit are you talking about is when, um, what was his name? Who? Dustin? No. What? The blackhead. What was Lucas. It? Lucas. Lucas. Oh, yes. you racist. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> I'm just joking. Lucas. Uh, when Lucas pulls her aside in the back room of the arcade, that's the only time she goes like, what kind of bullshit is this? Yeah. And after literally within the, within the same episode, it gets resolved. Yeah. She but she's it. still, but she's still, every time there's like a new threat, she's always the one be like the most like, not, maybe not disturbed by it, but she's always the one like, this is crazy. Like, what do we do? Like, I think that was important to have in this story, to have I, someone to be the person that's surprised. I think the 
the kids would have acted the same way is that when they saw Darth, they're like, what the fuck is this? Why can't Lucas without- have love interest? I don't understand what's your issue with the black kid finally getting something. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> otherwise, Lucas is just the black kid who have no role this season. <laughs> like, but I mean, they always do. They always do that type of thing, and and yeah, I'm tired of it too. But it's like I'm tired of it. Like what? But they can't. But I mean, they, yeah, they that. keep they keep doing it. Like the love, the, the whole try the triangle. Like the because it was kind of they didn't go as much with it, but it was kind of a love triangle between the three of them. And Dustin, even though Dusty kind of seceded. There wasn't really any fight. It was literally just like... Yeah, it was just like, you you got it. You they won. expressed interest, and then Lucas pursued it, and Dustin didn't, because he was involved with his stupid-ass side yeah, mission. His dog. Like, keeping Dart around. Well, not only that... I didn't that, even get brought it back by the end with the nougat. That was kind of fun. I was like, all right, you made a point of it. All not right. only that, Steve actually taught Dusty really poor mission, poor lesson. Act like you don't care. Oh, the yeah. Time, yeah. I'm like, that's, that's not how it happens. Aloofness. No. no, that's not how it works. Maximum aloofness. No. I don't understand why you're so mad about Max. I was more upset with Nancy's character for the most part because of how I feel like she's being fickle as hell. I want to choose Steve this season. No, actually, I like... What's his name? Jonathan? Jonathan. I like Jonathan now. It's like, bitch, what changed? Like, Jonathan is the same, like, like following you everywhere, like, little brown-nosing kid he was in the first season. But now, because just on a whim, you like him more... Because you you don't like Steve for some reason like that even seemed like I've left. I I think, she I think never part, loved Steve. Yeah, she never loved Steve. She was just with him because of the the popularity yeah. and the, what how it looks on Remember, paper. Remember, they're okay. in high school. But there was a character. And yeah, and they, arc yeah, for they're him. in high school. But there was a character arc for him. That's what sickens. Like if he had stayed that character, I could understand her going. I don't love him. I never did. But to see him go from that typical bully to change, not even the so end, but in the season. you're a good person. Yeah, yeah mean I was gonna that say that doesn't necessarily. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean that. Just what did because, Jonathan do? What did Jonathan do at all to make her love him? I mean, they probably just have better chemistry. Yeah. Oh, we, oh, we, like Monel and Supergirl. They don't have no chemistry. No. Which chemistry is there between Jonathan and her, other than him looking at her and liking her? I'm trying to formulate my thoughts. You say what you say. No, Nancy and Jonathan always like, no, in the season one, they were talking about something. They could bond over something that Nancy and Steve couldn't. I don't remember what, but there were like a couple of like intimate conversations that they had versus Steve and Nancy. Granted, yes, yeah, Steve became a better person. Like Steve became more caring. He's not a delinquent anymore. He doesn't beat up people anymore. Who has a great relationship with Dustin now? Huh? That's the cutest yeah, relationship. Yeah, that is so cute. That <laughs> is really cute. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you're right. But once again, what I'm trying to explain is the fact that sometimes people get in a relationship and she, it's not that she was lying to, she wanted to love him. That's why she was in a relationship. But sometimes it doesn't work I out. I get how it works yeah. in real life. I'm not saying that's not the case here. And if that's the case, I can't really argue against that. But I'm saying from a writing perspective, to make Steve as a character better and better with each season and basically keep Jonathan the same, it looks bad from the outside looking in to have Nancy go, I don't like you anymore, evolving character. I want to get back with the person who liked me the same way they did in the first season, but now I like them back for no apparent reason. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there wasn't enough there to actually pull it through. So you're I- actually <laughs> taking the relationship as a reward for the character to develop or to be a better character. I'm saying don't make the character you want her to distance herself from better and better Why? over time. Because you look like a fickle bitch. That's why. <laughs> it looks fickle. It... Perce- it perceptively it comes off as fickle maybe not to you but that's how it looks to me it, was, it looks like from the outside looking in well I don't like you anymore even though you I have every reason to like you now but I like him 
even though there's but no I mean, change also, in how she acted in the first also season. Also, you have to take into account, though, that, yeah, he might have liked her before the last season and stuff like that, but they, they've never interacted. Who, Jonathan and her? Yeah, Jonathan and her. So she's never really had any type of connection. So, yeah, he might be the same, but she didn't know who he was before then. So then once they started to, once they started to interact, then she got to know him. What did she learn? And she got to like what she got to like. What, what about she saw. Jonathan's likable? You got to ask her. <laughs> no, you ask you because that is, that is what the writer should be doing to make his character seem like. But yeah, but, a but, it's, but, it's, but, it, but it happens. But it happens in movies and TV shows sometimes. Like a lot of times, when you go through like traumatic experience or almost near death experiences, something or stuff like that with another person. You get closer. Mm-hmm. Us get into a car accident. We got closer <laughs> after that. And in a world where we were writing the and story so, of our so lives, for the most part, you can't skip that tidbit. You need to show the audience that. But I'm saying, like, they've been, they've interacted or had, you know, for the most part, they've had more interaction on screen in terms of the major, like, in terms of the plot of the show, the Demogorgon, the Upside Down, all of that stuff. They've interacted more than 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 she was with Steve. That with Steve, it was just the high school stuff. But with, with Jonathan, it was always, like, she keep even mentioning the thing. Like, why does it seem like we only hang out when the world is about to end? And sometimes when that adrenaline is pumping, that's when you sometimes yeah, become more like that attractive. That's not a good reason. You're just no, talking actually, about arguing. That's I mean, fickle even, but, fuck. But, think, but no, if think about Rick and Morty. Like, uh... I can't think of the parents' name, but they became closer when the world, you know. It has nothing to do with Jonathan. It's just he's around her when, you know what? Agree to disagree. Because <laughs> we're not going to agree on this. But to me, they did not do a good job of establishing why she ended up liking Jonathan more than Steve. Especially when us as an audience, we've seen Steve's character more so than Jonathan by far. Even with the side stuff they had with, with Jonathan and her. Like it was mostly just side plot bullshit. Like it was more about the plot, what they were doing, rather than about the relationship. The relationship just kind of happened. And it's like, if that's what you want to do, fine, but show the audience why I should care about them. Invest me in their relationship as you are investing her in him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I do. I yeah. do get what you're saying. But, I mean, I don't have a problem. I'm just looking at you because if you're about Max, actually, you're no. about this. <laughs> yeah, my whole, th- my whole thing is, that, yeah, I get what you're saying. I can agree with those points, but I don't, have, I don't have a problem with it. I think that's ultimately what it is. I don't have a problem with it. I just like Steve. <laughs> to be honest, that's really what it comes down to. I think it's better for Steve to be alone than being with Nancy if Nancy doesn't love him. And truth of the matter is, I hope that they need to go the route because uh, there's there's a whole buzzing on the internet. Yeah, going back I know. To, going back to what you were saying, yes. like with the with the Deku, uh, the rap. Take your shirt off. I'm so, I'm so yeah, gay. Yeah, everybody. Oh, Steve and Decker yeah, Montgomery. Yeah, people Woo-hoo! think people think. Uh, what? <laughs> he beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Okay, so, aggressive yeah, love. Yeah, aggressive love. <laughs> oh Lord. Pent up sexual. Because he he got he got super get. close to him in the shower. Daker, my girl. Yeah. What was his name? Billy. Yeah, it's, Billy. Yeah, he got super no. <laughs> and, all, and all this angst. He has the same angst. <laughs> Don't cream your pants, and then he takes jacket off. Like, what is that? Why? Why? <laughs> this is who I'm surrounded by. <laughs> <laughs> but all that being said, like I remember, I, they're still in high school, so. I've dated, I've dated, I've dated, I've dated women before. That doesn't mean I'm not gay. Aha! <laughs> All that being said, I mean, but beyond like Steve and them, which I, I think by the end, I, I really like what they did with Steve's characters, especially with Dustin and the kids. But uh, do you guys feel at the end that there was like that weird point where the mist flew out of Will's mouth? They, they oh that I, really, I love that entire sequence where they basically get a. Like the possession thing. Yeah, it was a full supernatural. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it was like a full like you know, <laughs> like uh, exorcist yeah. moment. But the dust like fly, the whatever it is, flies off into space. You think it's gonna come back? You think it's like it's a cliffhanger for next season? Maybe it's gonna come back and possess somebody else. 
No. No? Mm, no. It seems weird the cliffhanger left it on where it's just like that creature's still lingering. Well, yeah, the, the, creature's, the creature's probably going to come back. Like, but not the... Not, probably not in the same way. No. In the certain... Yeah, no. Okay. But by the end of it... Maybe it'll actually be a creature next mm-hmm. season. I don't know. It should be nice. I wanted to see what it looked like like outside, upside down. Because I'm like, is it really just smoke? Is it actually tentacles it underneath there? It looked like there? tentacles. It looks yeah. like a big tentacle monster, but like they didn't really show it. And that's really why you it. wanted it because Kaiju fan. Yes. Yeah. And also an X-Men fan because by the end when it looks she goes like, full like Phoenix Force yeah, Jean Grey on that thing. I can't think of the name of it but it looks like one of those legendary Pokemon with the with the arms the one the white I can't think of the it's one of those legendary Pokemon. With tentacles? What? It's not necessarily like tentacles no, but it's tentacles. like the floppy four you know floppy forearms. That, that's ten, that's that like is Lugia. Lugia. White? Yeah it's white. Yeah it's Lugia. Lugia. It's got a big head. Yeah. 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 yeah that kind of looks like a dinosaur-ish in the face. That'd be awesome if it was Lugia. Oh my god. <laughs> Best crossover ever. That's the name Lugia. I'm about to Google it. Yeah. But by the end, Perfect Vision. I really enjoyed it. Perfect Vision. Yeah. No, wait, yeah. Did you rate it? How did you feel about it? The last three episodes. Okay. The last yeah, Lugia. Three episodes, yeah, this is what I was thinking. The la- the last three episodes, yes, Perfect Vision. But overall, high more than possible. Okay. Pacing. That's what I was, yeah, that's what I said. I like the first season better. And plus, also because, granted, they do this both seasons where there's always one kid missing, but I feel like we got more of the kids together in left the first season than we did in this season. That's why the last three episodes I think were the best, because we finally got L back with the group. Like that was what the season I think was missing. Like that, that but it wasn't was but great. it was just those it was only those three episodes, whereas the first season yeah. used pretty much every episode. Yeah. But you know, I, I a lot of my judgment comes from like how I felt by the end of the series. I think the last like, they knocked that third act out the park. I think. I don't know what's gonna be about what the next season's gonna be about, but I really hope that Will doesn't go through anything. Yeah, poor Will. Yeah, give Will like, a break. <laughs> oh, before we get out of get this, we got we gotta say it. If that, your name, oh, that actor was fucking awesome. He really is good. But I was gonna say, if your name starts with a B in the oh, Stranger Things universe, no, you are dead. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a Brandon next season, you better run, Bob. Brandon. <laughs> Bob. Like, what's up? Uh, it was just Bob. so funny because oh, like Billy, Billy, oh, oh, no, Billy's gonna die. <laughs> He's sweating. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> no, but it was just so funny because like the whole season we're like, yo, this guy's oh, been groomed to die. And then the episode where he does die, spoilers. He's, he keeps like. Like everything is stacked against him. No! He's the only yeah, one that can. At first, him. I thought they were going to subvert it because I'm like, oh, they're pushing from. Like I it's so too. obvious that he's going to die here. They're not going to do that because it's so obvious. Nope, they did it. When he stopped, <laughs> when he stopped running, like I'm like, times. no, no. The first time was when he shuts down, when he activates all his things again, turns uh-huh. the whole facility, and the the whatever the demi dog is coming toward him. Mm-hmm. He turns on the sprinkler system. Oh, crisis averted. All right, hey. then he leaves the gun. And it's like, oh shit, he's dead. He lost the, he lost the gun. Then he gets like the Jurassic the Park treatment, the where mop. he yeah, where he goes into the closet. Oh, he's gonna die. Oh, okay, he's safe. Then he gets out the closet. The mop falls. Ah! Oh my god, he's gonna die. Then he gets to the end of the hallway. He oh, he's safe. And then he's dead. Is he? Is he not? Is he? Is he not? Everything is like yeah. it was the most gruesome death I've ever seen. He got yeah. fucked. He up. got full on like Walking right. Dead style. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Poor Bob. Poor Bob. Bob the superhero. He was so good for this world. Bob the newbie. Yeah. <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's get the news of the week. Michael news. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
Ragnarok, rapid fire. Thor Ragnarok opened at $100 million internationally so far, and it's projected to open at $118 million this, yeah, this weekend. Well deserved. Which would obviously make it the highest grossing Thor movie, because the first two only, like the first one I think opened at like $80 million, and the second one opened I think at like 60 so it took a drop. So, but this this one, you know, that's why I also said it, the Winter Soldier of Thor movies. So, yeah, that that's great for Thor and Taika Taika Watiti. Uh, also, Taika Watiti said because uh, somebody asked him, would he be willing to come back for another Thor movie? And he basically said, "Well, we'll see. I would love, love, love to work." Uh, uh, this is Kevin Feige he said we'll see I would love 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 to work with Taika Waititi again and I have every confidence that we will but what we're working on right now is the next six movies the next six movies that will bring us to the Untitled Avengers movie in 2019 which carries off a lot of what you see in this movie and in some very direct cases and continues to build and grow and also Mm. Taika Waititi basically came out and said if he came out and did another Thor movie it would, instead of it being Thor, you know, because people was like Thor 4, it would be Ragnarok 2. Okay, I he, mean, it seems like Ragnarok was like a soft reset to the Thor franchise, so that makes it, sense. Oh, it definitely was. Yeah. So, I would, I, I would definitely love to see a Thor Ragnarok 2. Same. Uh, Destroy it again? How's that work? <laughs> I mean, Ragnarok, is a, it's a cycle. <laughs> also, uh, going with that, uh, the Russo brothers came out and said... Uh, Infinity War is going to be basically a heist movie. It's focusing on Thanos because you know he's he has to take. Oh, yeah, still yeah, the Infinity steal, Gems. Still the Infinity Gems qualifies as a heist movie. Or yeah, anything? and uh, Anthony Russo. He said with Infinity War, the biggest new element to the movie is Thanos and the fact that he's entering the story, the storytelling in a very bold, strong way to the degree that he's almost one of the leads. We've shaped an interesting narrative about around him that in some ways leans heavily on a heist film in the fact that he's going after the Infinity Stones in a much bolder way, successful way than he has in the past. The entire movie has that energy of one bad guy being one step ahead of the heroes. We looked at a lot of movies that had that high style energy to them and brought that energy and brought some inspiration from that. So, yeah, uh, I guess they're going to go, because they say Ant-Man was going to be a heist movie. And so I guess they're going to go that route. That, but, that phrasing always scares me, but yeah, okay. <laughs> but I'm, I'm hoping, because this is also going back to going back to Thor, I'm really hoping that, yeah, because going back to what I was saying, like every movie since Guardians, I feel like they've been trying to chase Guardians with the comedy aspect and stuff like that. Yeah. And I get you said you shouldn't judge a movie by the tone you you think it should be. Judge it by the tone it is and how, how they execute it. But at the same yeah. time, and I agree with that, but at the same time, I'm like, I hope they don't try to go comedy aspect with, with, with Infinity War. No, I will be with people who are like, it shouldn't be a comedy. I'll, I'll be on that side of the fucking argument. This like, I wanted to, Infinity like, War. give me, like, Captain America Winter Soldier type tones or darker. Yeah. It needs to be darker. I feel like this needs to be a culmination granted, of all of the granted, years I of understand, I understand like it's Marvel so you can't like make it like Daredevil dark. Oh yeah, no, of course not. But So uh, you have to throw some type of comedy in there but I still like, give, like even Winter Soldier had some humor in it yeah. but it wasn't really 
It was a thriller. Exactly. Like it, it, it's, it can't be a straight up comedy. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to hear Thanos making puns like Ultron did. No, he's got to be threatening. Yeah. If it's a repeat of Age of Ultron, Avengers two, then it's a failure. I I agree. Yeah. So it kind of makes me nervous. But hopefully, hopefully, I, I trust the Russo brothers. They did. <laughs> they didn't want your soldier in Civil War, and yeah. I like those two movies. So yeah, they haven't done wrong by us yet. Anyway, uh, Rocksteady, who most people know from uh, the Arkham games. There's a rumor that their next video game that they're going to do is going to be a Superman game because this image right here of Superman and the Rocksteady like logo. Injustice. Yeah. But, I mean, well, it does it. Yeah. I mean, kinda, I, I haven't even played Injustice. So I shouldn't be the one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of looks like Injustice, but that image leaked. Oh, and so oh. the rumor the rumor is uh, it's going to come out in the next, the December issue of Game Informer. Which was, and it says, uh, it says it will be Rocksteady Superman game. The scale and ambition of the game is massive, and you will be blown away by the details. Can't wait to see your reactions, lads. So somebody uh, from 4chan basically, you know, leaked that that's what the next Superman. I mean, that's what the next Rocksteady game is going to be. So, but we Rocksteady. Like, I'm trying to think. Of we, how Superman I mean, we would still, fit we still won't the... know because, like I said, it's a rumor. But yeah, I hope so because I've been waiting for a good Superman game. But I'm just saying, I'm trying to figure out how. Superman as a character would fit into the Rocksteady slash Arkham Asylum. Like, I mean, but they kind of they kind of tease Superman in the Rocksteady again. Like, you saw Lex Corp on the. Oh, I don't mean like in terms of like how he fit into that world. I'm talking about like game mechanics. Like, it's like you know, Batman's like built for stealth and combat. If it's in the same, maybe it's not the same engine at all. Maybe it's just me thinking about it. But like, can you, right? Like the Arkham Asylum engine, but with Superman. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, maybe. I mean, we'll see. I, I feel like if anybody could pull it off, it's could be rock steady. Yeah, if anybody could do it's them. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh what else? Uh Mark Strong is in talks to play uh the villain Dr. Sivani in Shazam. And uh he's known as Shazam's arch nemesis and most frequent foe. Uh that shows you I've known nothing about Shazam. Yeah, me, <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Who?" laughs> uh, me either. Uh and it says uh Dr. Sivani is actually the person that discovered Black Adam's tomb. And the oh. one that set him free. So he's a dick. <laughs> Thank Pretty you. much. So yeah. So I yeah, I didn't know anything about I've never heard of the only the only <laughs> the only villain I know from Shazam is Black Adam. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, Mark Strong is in talks to to play him. So we'll see. I mean Mark Strong is pretty pretty awesome. Uh what else? Uh Agents of Shield, which comes back December first. They Woo! they uh released set photos of five new characters that they're introducing. One guy is gonna be called Deke or D E D E K E Deke Deke. Okay. But anyway, Deke is the ultimate survivor and a roguish scavenger, the guy who can get people what they need, but at a price of his asking with his sharp mind and quick wit, he is both a real asset in a tight spot and a hard man to trust. Another woman, uh, her name is going to be Tess. Tess is a, resort, a resourceful, striving to be self-sufficient in a very desperate circumstances, but she has hung on to her hopes for a better future for herself and those closest to her she is living proof that even in the toughest of times good people will still fight each other huh uh another guy flint black kid flint is a young man who's been forced to grow up fast in a tough environment but hasn't lost his desire to make something of himself when he crosses paths with our shield team 
he just may get the chance to prove that he's capable of big things. So is this like a new Secret Warriors team? How does this work? I, I mean, they, well, I mean, they take it takes place in space, so they're gonna so, meet like the space space Avenger. Well, the I mean, humans? they're not really superheroes. I mean, well, as far as I know, I don't know if they're I don't know if they have powers or not. It doesn't say. Oh. Hmm. But the final character is gonna be Grill, and Grill is a gruff taskmaster lording over those under his command with an unforgiving temperament he has no illusions about the world he lives in and this makes him a man not easily fooled or crossed so those are the characters that they mentioned that are going to be in the season five of agents of shield interesting which december 1st which interestingly enough i think the season finale of inhumans was yesterday it was I th- yeah wow i didn't even know so yeah I didn't, I didn't see it but i didn't see the last two episodes does anyone care <laughs> no. does anyone I'm, out there care? i'm gonna go i'm gonna go back and watch it but yeah whatever i guess i will too <laughs> <laughs> if i must anyway more marvel news uh the new warriors which is supposed to come out on freeform apparently it's not anymore because freeform passed on it so now they're shopping the show around to other networks okay. to try to get it to be picked up so if you, for those of you that were looking looking forward to New Warriors, <laughs> you might have to wait because they're trying to find another network for it. But and they might not ever find a network because I don't know. But anyway, uh, yeah, going back to uh, Tessa Thompson and the the scene that was cut. Yeah. From uh, Thor- which wasn't at all the scene I thought it was going to be, but okay. No. Uh, what did she say? Uh, it said it was. Uh, she said it. Uh, what What did Taika Waititi say? He said the reason he cut the scene was because he felt it distracted from the scene's vital exposition, which I'm guessing he's talking about uh, the the exposition of the Valkyrie being, de- you know, Valkyries being destroyed more or less. Oh, uh, okay. He felt, he felt it would have took away from that to see her, you know, another woman leaving her bed. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, but... Uh, would it? I don't know. <laughs> I, that's, that's his explanation okay. of it. But... Uh, she said, there's a great shot of me falling back from one of my sisters who's just been slain. And in my mind, that's my lover. So that's what she was saying. That's oh, her so just- that's what we thought. Yes. So that was, she saying that was her justification. But like I said, the scene that they actually cut was like the moment that the, that they were introduced, uh, her partner would have been exiting her bedroom. And she said, there were things that we talked about that we allowed to exist in the characterization, but maybe not to be explicit in the film. So that would have been that would have been the scene like after, you know, after sex. So a woman leaving her bedroom. Hmm. Anyway, uh, comic book news. Tom King is going to be writing a Batman, Catwoman and Superman Lois Lane arc like a road. Not not like a, not literally a road trip, but it's going to be basically like a double date superhero arc. What? <laughs> and uh Batman 30 Batman 37. Like I said, it's not going to be literally them on a double date, but more or less, yeah. Cuz you know Batman and Selina Kyle are engaged now. Yeah. So, it's going to be them on a superhero journey, but the essential synopsis is So it's like weird like double date bonding? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. The, the actual synopsis of it is torn apart by betrayal, Superman and Batman try to find a way back to friendship because so something happens uh, to trust. Both understand that the future of the DCU depends on this relationship, those two being friends. Both understand that without the help of the other, their lives will fall apart. And yet one is still the spoiled rich boy and the other is still the naive farm boy. 
men from two worlds confront each other and try to see the hope behind the madness with Catwoman and Lois Lane attached to it. But wait, I'm confused. What happened between them to, to do that? Is it just because he's not the Superman that he was because of that whole New 52 rebirth and all that craziness? I think that's I think that's part of it. Okay. Because it's like, we've always been friends, have we? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing from the writer we missed. It was just that funny ass joke where it's like, uh, Bruce Banner's powerful. Is he though? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But uh, moving on, uh, Netflix, for those of you that don't know everything that's going on with Kevin Spacey. Oh my God, this is madness. Yeah, Anthony Rapp, uh, one of the original actor uh, that played Roger from Rent. He's also on Star Trek right now. He basically came out and uh, and said, you know, Kevin Spacey is attent- essentially tried to have sex with him while he was 14 and Kevin Spacey was 26. Holy shit. And so that created a whole firestorm uh, between, because, you know, everybody's coming out with, the you know, the Their Hollywood stories, sexual, yeah. yeah, Hollywood sexual assault things that are going on. And so more people have come out and said that Kevin Spacey has done the same thing to them from the set of House of Cards. Oh, no. Like eight eight people, eight men from House of Cards have come out and said, you know, like Kevin Spacey has tried to grab grab his, grab their crotch and all this other stuff or a bunch of other things. Like so, Luthor. <laughs> so because of that, originally Netflix came out and said they're not renewing House of Cards for another season, but they're still in production for season six. And that's just going to be the last season that they release. Okay. Well, they reversed that, and now they completely cut production. For yeah, so season. Apparently, Jamie's a House of Cards fan. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, see, so there will be no season six of House of Cards. So what is going on in Hollywood, my dude? Yeah, because Brett Ratner is another one. Brett, Brett Ratner too. Yeah, like he's a shitty director. I think I six <laughs> six women have come out against Brett Ratner, and so uh, Warner Brothers has severed ties with his. Uh, uh, distribution company called Rat Pack. He's a shitty director, anyway. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not even just director. Like he has a he has a lucrative deal with uh, Rat Pack, where he finances a lot of movies. Oh, like Wonder Woman was one of them. Like he, what? Yeah, he he backs like so Wonder. So they're trying to figure out like what they're gonna do with that because it's like a four hundred million dollar deal with that. So like they 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 sever ties with uh, the company. So they don't they're gonna try to figure out what to do now because that was like one of their major backers. In terms of like getting films produced, so what is, what is the what is going on in Hollywood, man? Is it like is I've heard ex- explained there's a tie between creativity and sexual deviance, like the more creative somebody is, like it's like a scale, and like if you're high I, on one side of the scale, I mean, not even just sexual deviance, but some type of deviance. Like they're the the most creative. There's some people that are super creative, but they're doing drugs or. Mm like LSD like their best albums were like they they always say like their best albums and most creative albums they're like oh I love this album yeah that was when I was on drugs <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I mean yeah I mean not and it's not to say everybody it's not because no, there's there some people that you know you love and they don't have but yeah it's a lot of there was also I mean just to kind of balance the scales here there was also an accusation about um oh, I'm blanking his name now science guy the black guy Oh yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, Tyson yeah. One of, one of his students ac- accused him of rape. Yeah. So yeah, a lot. Of, and I and I said like before this is all said and done, a lot of people that we you know love and like the celebrity sphere, they, the our our love of them is going to be taken down. And Weinstein was like the first martyr in all of this. Well, like, no, I, was, like, no the, I think Bill Cosby was. 
That's true. But there's a bit of a delay between Bill Cosby being accused and like all these other accusations. Yeah, yeah, he was. It was. It was a delay, but I think Bill Cosby because he was like the biggest, you know, the big star that you know. Because before then, it was like like not. I don't want to say nobodies because you know they weren't. You know, per, the person was accused of sexual assault. You don't want to call them. You know, nobody because that's you, you fucking pretty much rape me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they weren't like on the level of like Bill Cosby. Yeah. Like Bill Cosby is at one point was going to buy NBC at one point. True. Okay. So I think I think he was he was the one that that kind of started this whole thing. And even Nate Parker, going back to that from the uh, Birth of a Nation. Oh, true. Yeah. yeah. So the yeah. avalanche. It's it's gonna it's gonna keep coming because like more stuff is coming out. Oh, man, you're killing me. Yeah, uh, that, that that Neil deGrasse Tyson thing hurt me. I was like, no, no, he's like. The smartest black guy like <laughs> fucking mainstream media yeah it did hurt and yeah. uh, funny enough like people are shook because alec baldwin came like came out of his own you know volition and said yeah i may have been sexually inappropriate to some women have been sexist so i'm like what? so yeah some people are probably some people are scared they're like i don't want nobody to say anything about me Wait, let me just what is that put a spotlight on you you should <laughs> don't say nothing <laughs> but yeah so he even said he even came out but yeah whatever uh but yeah uh they released the final cast photo of the people from lion king, lion king yeah which fully actually confirmed because before it was just a rumor or she was in talks but it finally confirmed that beyonce is playing nala so people are like, this is going to be the blackest Disney movie ever. But I'm like, actually, it's not because Black Panther is, <laughs> Black Panther is going to be the blackest Disney movie ever. At least with Black Panther, we get to see all the melanin on the screen. Yeah, it's all behind the scenes. Yeah, whereas, yeah, whereas Lion King, you, they're just the voices, which I mean, it's still great. But uh, what else? Apparently, because I don't remember her role at all, but uh, they're doing a spinoff of bad boys that's going to NBC and it's going to focus on Gabrielle Union's character. Oh, she's the sister of Marcus. The character name Marcus. Not Wills, but the other guy. Uh, Martin Lawrence? Yeah. So yeah, but it's going to focus it's going to focus on her. And basically, uh, she plays Sid Burnett, Burnett, and she's now a LAPD detective and will pursue all the pleasures Los Angeles has to offer and leave her past behind. But things will get complicated when her new partner, Nancy McKinnon, learns that Sid's unapologetic lifestyle may be masking a greater personal secret. So, yeah. Bad Boys spinoff. Uh, interesting, <laughs> I guess. I mean... I'm more interested in Bad Boys 3, but I guess that's okay, too. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, Stranger Things uh, Season 3, uh, Lucas's sister, played by P- Priya Ferguson, she's coming back as, in more of a, a bigger role. Okay. So, uh, yeah, yay for her. Oh, the little girl? Yeah, the little girl. Sassy little girl. Yeah. Sassy little girl. <laughs> she's coming back. Uh, also, more drama from the set of Fast and Furious. <laughs> Tyrese, is this yes. shit happening? <laughs> Tyrese and his drama. He basically came out and said, which I'm like, bro, what are you doing? You're fucking stupid. He said on, on Instagram, if The Rock comes back for Fast and Furious 9, Roman Tedge, I'm out. I'm not coming back. And who does who does the Fast and Furious movies? What studio? Uh, I think it's Paramount. <laughs> Paramount's like bye, Felicia. <laughs> like, yeah. that's his not ex- a choice, his, bro. His exact quote is, "I'm sorry to announce that if Dwayne, he spelled it wrong, 
is in Fast 9, there would be no more Roman Pierce. You mess with family and my daughter's survival, I mess with yours. And it's like, wait, what are you messing with? Because what? The Rock is a bigger star than you. If they're, if you're putting the studio in a situation where they got to choose between you and The Rock, who the fuck do you think they're going to choose? They're not going to choose you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just because you were in the second Fast and Furious movie, who the fuck cares? Like, <laughs> it's the there's, rock. there's a reason the box office skyrocketed when The Rock showed up. The box, if you drop out of the movie, maybe the movies will lose a dollar. <laughs> $10, man. You play him, my man. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Anyway, speaking of uh, more rock news, uh, Adam Skitzel has been uh, put on to direct, or not to direct, but to write the Black Adam movie, which apparently is coming. And if you look at his writing credits, his writing credits are terrible because he wrote uh, Chipmunk, Alvin and the Chipmunks, a road, a road Chip, okay. which nobody cares about. So I'm just like, eh, that doesn't make me excited for the movie. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, so Black, Black Adam, look for that. Uh, moving on. They base, uh, and I'm thinking this is probably the reason why The Flash still doesn't have a director, but DC is essentially waiting to see how Justice League does. And they're saying that the, the, the box office performance of Justice League and the critical reaction to Justice League is going to determine what they do with Flashpoint. So essentially, well, duh. Yeah. can we already say this? If, if Justice League tanks are like, all right, reboot it, <laughs> yeah. reboot it. I, yeah, so I was going to say, essentially, if Justice League tanks reboot if it oh does if God. it doesn't they're probably not even gonna do flashpoint but it's it, but it's still it's like a portal to like how dc is operating like they don't have a plan that does not instill any confidence in me at sir. all <laughs> that, so i'm like i guess i'm guessing that's why also, they don't hear they don't the, finally um, have a director yeah that too among other things but you should hear that uh justice league their embargo and reviews doesn't lift until the day before doesn't lift until the day before but i'm, I'm hoping they change that because they originally did that with wonder woman where the embargo wasn't supposed to lift until the day before, but they released, they they lifted it like a good week and a half or two. But I'm like, we're we're, you like, were there, yeah. I'm like, we're, we're pretty much already there, and they still haven't lifted the embargo yet. So I'm like, that kind of makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah, they should be lifting that embargo now. Then yeah, they definitely should <laughs> lifting it for Thor Ragnarok. They're like, oh shit. <laughs> but I'm just like, if if they don't lift the embargo by Monday, I'm be like, I'm kind of nervous with this. <laughs> But anyway, speaking with that, Danny Elfman basically confirmed that they're going to use the original Batman theme for Ben Affleck's Batman in the Justice League movie. You know, da -da 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 -da. for the Justice League movie, yeah, because he wrote that. So he they're was, doing that, and they're bringing back the Superman theme. Yeah, they're really trying to get your nostalgia heartstrings for this movie, aren't they? But I mean, but it, it kind of makes sense to me because Danny Elfman wrote the original Batman theme, so it would make sense for him to use his work. And, but people were trying to come out like they were trying to say, oh, shots fired because they tried to make it seem like he didn't like what Hans Zimmer did because he was like, yeah, Hans Zimmer, he did a good job, but there's only one real Batman theme. So people were like, oh, he's trying to put pot shots of Hans Zimmer, you know, fuck Danny Elfman. How dare he be disrespectful? And it's like, no, but it's like, really, if you think about the Batman animated, because even with the Batman animated series, which ran for... It was an offshoot of the yeah. theme. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> just like the John Williams score like when you think of Batman that's the theme you think so it's like it's not like he was taking pot shots at it but whatever <laughs> and also sp speaking with that uh, Henry Cavill basically came out against the uh, 
saying talk about the DCEU movies and he was like even if Marvel didn't exist we'd struggle there was a style that they <laughs> DC were going for and attempt to be different and look at things from a slightly different perspective which hasn't necessarily worked yes it has made money but it has not been a critical success it hasn't given everyone that sensation which superheroes should give the viewer I think it is a wonderful time for the female hero it is the perfect setting in social politics right now we need it we want that perspective and Wonder Woman has struck at that ideal Wonder Woman has struck at the ideal time and has become a phenomenal success, which is fantastic. Any success within the superhero universe, especially within the DC universe, is wonderful because I want to keep telling the Superman story selfishly. Mm-hmm. That works for me. I feel like right now the right mistakes have been made and they haven't been pandered to. And we can start telling the stories in the way they need to be told. <laughs> it is even better to come back from a mistake or stylistic error into the correct vein because it will make it seem that much stronger. Wonder Woman was the first step in the right direction. From the mouths of the actors themselves that DC yeah. done fucked up. <laughs> I mean, do you need anything else, people? If you're a fan, if, if you're a fan of these movies, what else do you need to get off your fucking high horse and stop defending this shit? Like, you just as a fan, you deserve better. And if even the actors agree that, like, yeah, if Marvel wasn't around. These movies are shit in tone, so we need to fucking figure it out and correct this shit now. Like, just, come on. Be real with yourself. Yeah, and I, I have a feeling it's basically just them going, guys, we've heard your complaints, but hopefully, you know, after Justice League, we're going to course correct. Because even, even if Justice League isn't that good, because even with the criticism of the DCEU, like, Justice League was already in production. Mm. So it's like, whatever they were going to write, they were, gonna, they were already going to write. Granted, Joss Whedon came on, so he could only course correct only a certain amount mm. but i feel like after justice league depending on how it does i feel like that's when finally things are you know the ship will be righted okay. more or less okay let's hope Fingers let's crossed. hope let's hope so <laughs> anyway going to the news that i, that I said it would, would piss you off but you but you already knew about it which disappoints me because i wanted you to get mad oh you dick <laughs> <laughs> Not rage enough, like. Well, yeah, but basically, the 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 showrunner of the Flash kind of came out and said why they had Wally leave the show, mm. and he said, "quote It's difficult having two speedsters on the show, just creatively and financially. There are a lot of times where either Barry had to get knocked out, which I'm like, when <laughs> Barry had to get knocked out so Wally could save the day again, when that one oh, time." Yeah, one time. Or Wally had to get knocked out so Barry could save the day. Every time. And just knocking them out, that costs a lot. But Wally is not gone. Wally is not gone, certainly from the Arrowverse. And he'll be back on The Flash. And more exciting stuff about Wally will be revealed as we move forward. Stop complaining, people. We're going to bring the black kid back, okay? <laughs> God. <laughs> That's what they're saying. And yeah, I knew about this because a, a follower sent this to me because I've been on like a tirade. Is that the right word? Tirade. Tirade. There we go. I've been on a tirade on my Instagram page about like, what the fuck, CW? What you? What are you doing with the Wally character? So someone sent me a DM like, s- sending me that quote and was like, are you happy now? Like, can you stop complaining about the Flash now? Because they're doing like this is the reason wh- why they had to do it. I'm like, no, no. it still doesn't make I'm sense. I'm gonna keep complaining because yeah, it doesn't that's work. <laughs> They've had two Flashes in the comics, and granted, I know it's not the comics, but you can still take the same concept of that and i mean like i said arrow is, is doing, doing better, better. Like, like they're doing that right now yeah like i guess we talked about it like they could just in what we've talked about if they just found a happy balance like that 
they could have done this. And get, get out of here with like it's too costly and too hard to write around it. You now you just wrote in another dude, another superhero. So it's like you're gonna do the same thing, but just with a stretchy guy instead of a fast guy. And it's like not even just that. It's like, but you knew if you knew it was gonna be that difficult or costly or whatever, why even introduce Wally in the first place? that costly whatever man <laughs> like you shouldn't have brought him on the show and then on top of that every fucking villain you've had up until then has been a speedster so get the fuck out of here with i can't it's too much to write two speedsters in the show money. it's too much money like bullshit like what kind of half-ass excuse <laughs> anyway rapid fire attack on titan uh season three coming out july 2018 uh ron howard has reportedly reshot all of the solo all of it yeah, all, yeah almost all of it wow yeah okay we'll never know what that chris lord phil miller project was like yeah uh that's why it took so long uh what else peyton list who played uh golden glider okay on the flash yeah she's been cast to play uh poison ivy so she would In be what? the she would be the third actor to replace oh, Gotham. Yes, oh god, she would be the third actor to replace Poison Ivy on Is Gotham. Is she gonna metamorphosize again or something? I don't know. But I, I, this, look, I feel like this role is like the defense against the dark arts and Harry <laughs> Potter. Like every role is a new actress. <laughs> I mean, I, I I pop in and out of Gotham, but like when they change her actress to the girl who's playing it now, it was it was a legit a heel turn of like she metamorphosized into this new character, but so she still had the mind of a child. So like it still wasn't Poison Ivy and it still didn't work for a little bit I saw of her. So I, I'm really curious to see like maybe this metamorphosis will make her a full grown adult. But even that or, is stupid. Or it's, but, or it's right. probably like the situation with Kara and her mother. Maybe the actress wasn't available they'll pretend. anymore. Uh, yeah, uh, pretend. Yeah. That's even worse. <laughs> that's even worse. But yeah, the set photos for Rain, like how she's going to look. Yeah, because we we talked yeah. about it, but we didn't really talk about it. Yeah, dark supergirl. Yeah, dark supergirl with a mask. I mean, she looks like Feora more or less from yeah. Man of Steel with a cape. Kind of like a luchador with that mask. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this this makes me excited. Chantel Tayu, T H U Y. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, what is that? But how? Yeah, how do you? You know how to pronounce that, Jamie? Through. Sue. Sui. But she's been cast to play uh, Grace Choi in uh, Black Lightning. That excites me because that's uh, Anissa Pierce's uh, girlfriend. Oh, okay. I don't know if they were going to, because that was one of my questions. I was like, I hope they introduce Grace Choi. I hope they introduce Grace Choi. I hope they, and finally, we got a Grace Choi. So that'd be great. So I'm looking forward to that, which, uh, granted, I'm I'm glad we got some Black Lightning news because we still, because I was like, what is going on with Black Lightning? Like, it's almost January and it's about to premiere. We still haven't gotten a trailer or anything like that. It's true. Because I think it's supposed to come out in March. CW does not care about Black (laughs) Superheroes. Anyway, uh, winding down. The, what was I going to say? Oh, apparently. Disney and Lucasfilm have these weird demands for The Last Jedi. And go and because uh, I watched uh, John Campia video and he's saying uh, that it actually goes back to just Lucasfilm, not even necessarily like it happened before Disney even bought Lucasfilm. So it was just Lucasfilm by itself. But like, because like with the force, with uh, the Phantom Menace, they force theaters because, you know, uh, with movies, theaters take a certain percentage and then the movie theaters take a higher percentage. Okay. But with like Phantom Menace, they forced theaters to give them 100% of the box office take. Okay. So with so with this, 
Lucasfilm is forcing uh, with The Last Jedi. They're saying, if you're going to play our movie, you have to play it for four weeks and you have to give us a 65% cut of the movie, of the box office. Because usually it's like 55% or something like that. But Lucasfilm is like, no, fuck that. You need to give us 65% of the cut and you have to play it for four weeks. And if you violate that, you have to give us a 70% cut. Wow! So Star Wars is putting its big dick out there and yeah. it's like, say something. Like they're acting you like won't. That, yeah, they're, they're acting like the Empire at this point. <laughs> duh, and it's like, duh, duh. and it's kind of ridiculous because that hurts the smaller theaters. Where it's like, yeah, Star Wars is going to make money, but at the same time, for like the theaters that only have like three screenings, or, or that's on top of that, they're saying you have to put our movies in the biggest theater that you have, the biggest screenings yeah. that you have. So. That hurts the small, like if like AMC or something like that. That doesn't. It's not gonna hurt them. But like like the smaller theaters that have like two, three screens, like if you like, sure, first two weeks or something like that. Star Wars is gonna make money, but then after that, everybody's seen it already. So like, there's another movie that's coming out that they want to put on their like screen to like generate, you know. Uh, cost for the theater yeah. they, they're not they're not going to be able to do it because they're obligated to keep Star Wars in there for four weeks so it's like why are you, like, why are you doing this to like because they can and that's, <laughs> that, and that's the thing it's like that's really it you know Star Wars is going to make money why do you have to act like because they want more money <laughs> more money it's, it's job of the Hudson charge oh, you got yeah. money it's stupid but uh, also uh, going with that Going with what I would say, I was going to save it for news. They're rebooting Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for uh, Nickelodeon. They're doing a new series. Another one. Okay. Yeah. And fanboys are freaking out <laughs> because <laughs> April O'Neil is going to be black. Like in the original comic. Oh, I don't know if she's black in the original comic. I know. She was. Oh, she was? Yes, yeah, she was. That I didn't know. <laughs> and Crank, Crank was black too. Not Crank. Um, Baxter. Baxter Stockman. Yeah, I know Baxter Stockman, but I didn't know about April. But yeah, she's going to be black, and she's going to be voiced by Kat, Kat Graham, who played uh, Bonnie on Vampire Diaries. And why oh. are fanboys freaking out about yeah, this? Yeah, so, because April O'Neil's black. <laughs> That's it? Yeah, pretty much. But April O'Neil was like a little like teen girl or tween girl in the last series. Like That, that wasn't an issue? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this is April O'Neil in the original comic. <laughs> Tell me I had any black girl. Yeah, that's definitely a black girl. Like you see her hair? <laughs> that's definitely a black girl. Right, come on, dog. <laughs> like that's what she looks like. That's the comic itself. Yeah. Wow. That's so they, yeah. So they're going back to that. Yeah. But and nobody cares about that. <laughs> see, I didn't even know that. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up. So then, who? Then what? Shut the fuck up, people. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not white, it's not right. <laughs> Basically. Anyway, final two bits of news. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne came out and said he's working on a secret project with uh, Ant-Man. He basically said, I'm developing something else for our secret Marvel project. He said, I'm developing something else for Marvel that I can't talk about. It's going to be really cool. It's going to change the world, we hope. I went to Marvel and we pitched them something that really that really couldn't work that wait something that really couldn't work out there was a lot of legal red tape that just was something that couldn't work out but then they came back with the offer for ant-man and the wasp and then they said hey what do you think of this and i went oh yeah that <laughs> that yes yeah. so that's the end of it so that is vague as just, fuck yeah i don't know because he's what? playing because apparently because you know he's playing uh Bill Forster in the uh, in Ant Man and the Wasp, which kind of makes me go. So is he not Perry White anymore? Okay, 
But I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know, he's doing like a solo. I don't know what the thing is, but yeah, he's working on a secret project with him. <laughs> is it the Matrix 4? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But anyway, final, final bit of news, going back to Thor Ragnarok. Apparently they said that uh, they wanted to introduce Hela for the villain in Thor The Dark World. Oh, as opposed to Malekith. Malekith. But uh, Kevin Feige was just saying that he didn't think it would work for that. But I'm just like, thank God. Yeah, seriously. Because what a waste. Yeah, Hella would have been trash in that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. Okay, so I mean, it all worked out. Thor Ragnarok, even with the goddess of death, still comedy and fucking great. So. Yeah, so that that's the end of the news. All right, that's been Blair Vision for the week. Let's get out of here. It's been a packed week. That's Jordan with Michael. Jamie. And we will see you next week. Peace. Ciao.